Hey, this is Gary. Excuse the sound of the heater in the background. It's cold in here. Uh, this episode of Bonfires I Chad is brought to you by, uh, I guess that's appropriate. It is cold as, the, it is a cold, peaceful place. I'm sitting here in a pile of dead flies and rot, and I'm here to thank our supporters, our community, our, uh, our Patreon backers, people who have decided to uh, kick us a couple of bucks a month at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. In a very real way, if everyone listening to this gave us a dollar a month, uh, we would do this full time, and uh, that would be huge. This is an episode where, at the end of this recording session, um, we'll have recorded for five hours. You can hear it in our voice, and uh, we uh, are happy to to soldier on and push through. Uh, you know, and it's because of your support that we can do so. So, if you go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv, you can find out more, figure out how to uh, how to help us out and support us. We really do appreciate it. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. I believe, I feel the scent of ash upon thee. Thou art the one of whom Uncle Gale spoke, the one to show me flame. I wish to paint a picture of a cold, dark, and very gentle place. One day, it will make someone a goodly home. That's why I must see flame. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Dave Riley. And you're, you're still listening to Bonfire Side Chat. Uh, <laughs> it is a, uh, a bisected favorite. Um, and uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this week we are talking about uh, the rest of the Ashes of Ariandel uh, DLC. Kind of unexpectedly. We didn't plan for this, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a rich vein. To, uh, to yeah, mine. there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as you heard, we are uh, uh, we're, we're lucky enough to to have, to have Dave, who has continued to uh, to, to stick around with us. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, I, Dave. I still exist, even like as we move into the more profane <laughs> part of the DLC. It's like all the snowfields and wolves are behind us. Yeah, you know? I guess for yeah. the most part. Now it's more the sort of like you know how we like icky stuff too, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this we're gonna get disgusting. Yeah, let's get disgusting on here. This is this is bonfire side chat after after dark. <laughs> Some of the grosser gross. souls things. Just there is nasty. there is the disgustingest thing I think that is in souls happens here in a minute. Um, <laughs> the uh, and that's that's saying a lot. Um, yeah. Just uh, for people who are just joining us this week, um, which would be silly, you should listen to last week as well. But can you quickly remind uh, people where they might know you from, Dave? Uh, sure. Uh, mostly I do the podcast Fast Karate for the Gentlemen. Uh, me and my wife, Graziella, stream a lot of video games on Twitch. Uh, you can find that at bossdoors.tv. Uh, but I don't, I don't, aside from that, I don't really do much of anything. I just sort of exist on the internet. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I, feel, I feel very gracious <laughs> about my presence here um, to be part of this machine. <laughs> Because this is this is not my method of doing things. So so to see the sort of craftsmanship ship that goes into it is uh, uh, eye opening, I guess. I appreciate that. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So what uh, what did we cover last time, Cole? 
Well, last time, uh, we entered the painted world of Ariandel, and we traversed the snowy fields fighting some uh, remnants of the Farron's followers and also some wolves. And we met some key players in this uh, kind of pocket world, um, Sister uh, Frida and also Sir Wilhelm, her kind of knight errant, and descended to the depths of the painting, this frozen lake, and uh, fought someone who was definitely not, definitely not Sif and gained access to this DLC's and kind of the obligatory PvP area, um, you know, and introduced in Souls DLCs. Um, yes. And now we are turning our eye back to this incredibly well-hidden ladder that will take us uh, to places where Frida and Wilhelm do not want us to go. Isn't uh, It's kind of sad that the PvP area, nothing is going to match the Battle of Stoicism <laughs> as like the cool <laughs> PvP area name. Yeah. The Battle of Stoicism. Um, like this one, this one's not bad. Uh, Undead you know? Purgatory is okay. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. But Battle of Stoicism. Yeah. Um, so this is that ladder we talked about. That's on the the, you know the the far side of the rope bridge, um, that is pretty hidden. Uh, so if you head back to the the bridge cave bonfire, uh, where you can head down there, and you go down a little surfing. <laughs> thing the surfing is back they spied uncharted four at a uh, at a conference booth and they're like oh we need to put some of that in there does uncharted four have a lot of nathan drake like scooting down yeah things? yeah it's a lot of um they <laughs> all of a sudden the world is full of these little gravel slides that you have to grapple hook off of yeah, oh. it's really weird when your chosen undead is like, oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> <laughs> flailing their arms like or pinwheeling their arms. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> but that's just a, uh, that's a joke for some of my current generation gamers out there. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, current gen gamers, where are you at? I just um, ruined my off Gamefly the subscription. They're sending me Uncharted <laughs> yeah. Four in the mail. Yeah. Please like, rate, and subscribe. The um, <laughs> but the um, yeah, I, uh, uh, pretty goofy to to bring that slide back that that every you know from Isolith, the Isolith slide. <laughs> I forgot about Isolith. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the that was the beginning yeah. and now it's uh you know uh but everybody hates isla um <laughs> it's it's silly regardless i i'm fine with the slide though i think it's funny yeah, um, i mean it's nowhere near as metal as isla where like the explosions are happening all around you yeah this is much more sedate <laughs> yeah and much more disgusting because you end up like we talk a lot on this show and i don't know if you know this dave but a lot about uh what the worst smelling areas in souls oh. <laughs> games might be i love it like um so I think this is a new contender. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're like, yeah. You, you, you get, you get dropped off in this, uh, in the, in this fucking dredged river basin full of, uh, blood moss and rot. Blood moss, rot, uh, birds who are walking around, uh, dragging like their prolapsed guts behind them. Yeah. This, that is one of the grossest things I've like, get that off the ground. Like you, <laughs> yeah. you cannot have that on the floor, bird. <laughs> That is disgusting. Like get like a backpack or a fanny pack. Like, just get a fanny pack. Put just to just pack your guts in there. Tie it go around to the your waist like a belt. Saint Ariandel. Like <laughs> go to Saint Ariandel General. Like you have to do something about this because you can't just drag your intestines on the ground. Like it's not okay, guys. Uh, but if you're depressed, you let a lot of stuff go go by the wayside. Yeah. Stop showering. Yeah. Stop making the bed. Stop keeping Stop your insides your on the inside. In. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
stop stop managing your prolapsed like front butt. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, it gets worse every time you say it. You're just like it's such a vivid, you know, talk about the painted world of Ariandel. Yeah. You're picking a mental picture of me. Every, like, every time you say the word prolapse, it increases the likelihood that somebody will Google the word prolapse. Oh, and God, I, don't, I don't know if I want people knowing what a prolapse is, at least on that incredibly visceral um yeah, on the Google pro, pro, prolapse scale. level. Yeah. It's the opposite of an amateur lapse. That's all you need to know. <laughs> the um, the it is one of those words where people talk about like moist as being like a like a you know gross word or like these all these words are just supposed to be really gross. Yeah, and I think this is this one's up there too. This is a contender. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, along like, with degloving. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um. This is like like filth river though with these like birds like walking around, dragging this like stuff behind them is just that is I think this is the grossest thing to me in souls is yeah. that them dragging that behind them. Like there's just something about that is like so pitiful and disgusting. And it's, this is my favorite thing that happens in the DLC. <laughs> like this is the biggest effect. Like it's so disgusting. I had such a visceral reaction to this yeah. uh, and it's a set piece. Like they're non-aggressive. They're right. just kind of wandering around in circles. Several of them are kind of pathetic and dying on the side of the road. <laughs> in, um, in my, in my initial notes from my first playthrough of this, I call them half bird pity men, <laughs> which, which is what they are. Pity bird, pity, pity bird, bird. <laughs> Pity bird. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, like, so it, it, it is kind of a stark thing because when I think of, you know, snow or ice levels, uh, or even just like snow and ice in general, even though I know snow is filthy, um, I think of purity or at least sterility, right? Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the processes are slowed down just by the necessary drop in temperature for me to see what's happening. And so to take this slide from this kind of beautiful place those couple patches of rot notwithstanding down into this filth gutter full of full, full of nightmare men uh it, it is like a real marked shift yeah. well that's something i like about this dlc is like at least they give you both yep um because <laughs> i i do feel like when you it, I, I don't think most people who sort of really like these games do this but I, when you get the sort of out outsider perspective it's like Oh, but does it really all have to be these like zombie castles? And you're like, it's a lot of zombie castles. I'm not going to lie to you. But like <laughs> there is a lot of really striking architecture in Souls. And like part of the reason you appreciate the the moments of beauty is probably due to contrast. Right. So I think that Souls design has a great hand for beauty when it wants to apply it. Mm -hmm. um, and And I think the ice the snowfields are a great example of that. And then it's like, you're going to have this too. And it's like <laughs> it's sort of both poles of the soul's experience in here where you're like walking through this like septic leech field, uh, just filled with these decaying birds who like you get close to them and they start riling each other up and they all start squawking at once. And you're just <laughs> like, shut up, shut up. Well, I'm going to kill you for your like 36 souls just so you stop screaming at me. <laughs> yeah, it totally, it's totally to the game's credit. Like this is, you know, for, for as gross as, as it is, I like gross. Well, give, give, give me, give me that gross shit, you know? Yeah. I think, I think this works great. Yeah. Like this is, this is, uh, we're entering into my favorite stretch of the DLC by a mile. Yes. Like this, this settlement is the coolest area that I think this does. This, this DLC does, um, because it has these kind of quiet moments like this. Like there's some quiet moments up in the snowy fields before the wolves get to you. Um, but because of the smash at the end of it, which I thought was the critical path for a long time, mm -hmm. I wore myself out on that path. Like I ran, made that run to that tower for a, a lot. 
you know, many times trying to fight Smashulons, and it got me frustrated with it. Here, the bonfire, you know, density is such that I didn't have to do this so many times, even though I hate the enemy, like the actual aggressive enemies here too, though. Like there's two different, so we run into a Corvian Knight here, um, who, you know, they're all these wounded people. They're all kind of dead and dying. Several of them are dead. Uh, and then we run into this guy who is, uh, these Corvian Knights, which we learn are actually aggressive to the, uh, regular Corvians. Right. Um, this is, uh, this is a Wolverine character. Um, he's got these, uh, sets of claws on his hands. Um, this thing has, has the 11 hit combo that I think is unforgivable. Um, I really hate fighting these things. Yeah. And, uh, I just made it a point not to fight them because they were not fun or, you know, interesting to fight or anything. They were just like, Oh, this, I can't block this. Um, if I dodge it, I don't know when the combo is going to end because it's 11 hits and he can get bleed on me very quickly because these are very sharp weapons. Yeah. Um, they have, um, and they have too many advantages. It feels like, you know, um, they're much easier to, um, deal with if you are going through this place the second time around. Right. Because, yeah. You know, beyond this one, you know, the Corvian Knight who's under the bridge, most of the other ones are going to be kind of perched in a place and will drop down and get the, you know, kind of like get a surprise attack on you. Um, yeah. You know, and so like that combined with their just kind of extreme combo-ness, which kind of puts the Irithel Knights to shame, um, does make them a little bit, uh, a little bit of a drag, especially because they're also dangerous at uh, several different ranges because of their quills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, we talked about that in the first episode where like that will that will wreck me like if I get hit by those things. And then once I get it, it does, you know, 12 damage, yeah. 13 damage. Um, that's a bummer. The, well, that's, uh, like sort of, they, that's another link they share. I mean, these things are just the hunters from the old hunters DLC. <laughs> like they sort of have the same thematics. They have kind of similar aesthetics, but they also are just sort of a pain in the ass to fight and they have too much health. Uh, which like kind of disappoints me because first off, it felt like they were a little too much that like a little too much, the old hunters. And second, like I otherwise kind of, I think they're cool. Like they move oddly. I like these time. I mean, I like any time video games where enemies fight other enemies, but I think, um, I I really like it in Bloodborne, even though it doesn't happen much because there's a lot in sort of the Bloodborne item descriptions that, um, the hunters are sort of sectarian and you're not like you've got like the ones that are just basically slavers or human traffickers mm-hmm. uh, and call themselves hunters. So I, I, I dig in that as a concept. I like the idea. I, I don't even know what these guys are about. I don't remember getting a good sense of them from their item descriptions, just that like they're sort of going in and cleansing these foul streets, so to speak. There's yeah. and, like the, 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 there's there's something to them. Like, yeah, there's the... story to these guys. It's you know, it. They have they have a purpose to it uh, to them. The other, one of the things, real quick, before we talk about uh, the, who they are, though, and like what their context is in the world, uh, is that um, they have the same attack that the crow women from the painted world have. Yeah, where they get up on your oh. shoulders and peck your face. Mm. So presumably, these are descendants of such, and that is uh, you know that's where we always thought the Corvians were from, mm-hmm. uh, and it turns out that is actually one of the few questions that is answered in the DLC. Right, like. You know, that that's confirmed. So um, that's what that's what these guys are. And the reason they're killing the regular uh, Corvians is okay. We kind of learn of the civil disagreement uh, here that, that kind of comes up. And um, we end up finding the uh, an NPC here, the Corvian settler. Who, who's just chilling. 
And uh, he kind of tells us, uh, I don't want to cut in the dialogue here because I might have used it at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um, but he talks about um, this kind of disagreement amongst the Corbians. Um, in this world, their situation that they have between kind of light and dark, like the flame fading, is that rot sets in. Um, right. There's the stagnation. That is an idea that is uh, one that is like huge in in kind of like Eastern cultures. If you watch the um, uh, Jerk Sand Frontiers, uh, the Richard Pilbeam videos on Bloodborne, he talks about it a lot. There's a lot with the um, God, the the guy also has a name with a V, um, who smashes the little little parasites. You know, there there's that thread through uh, through Bloodborne as well. That's going on here. This idea of stagnation as being um, kind of a force, and in this world, rather than rekindling the flame, uh, they just burn it. You know, they burn it away. Right. And essentially, it's like re- rekindling the flame. Like they have mm-hmm. the same setup as we do, um, and they say like, unlike those people outside, we actually do this. However, um, there is a character who has come through who is like we all agreed to that, but they everyone worships this lady who is clinging to this old way. Right. Um, I'm kind of piecing that together with some item descriptions and stuff too. That's not exactly yeah, his dialogue. You, you haven't said anything. Uh, yeah, that's but the, the, that is what comes through, which is yeah, that, you know the sectarian divide here is the Corvians who are like, we need to introduce fire to this because this world is beyond saving. And we're going to see later, like this one's beyond saving, but there might be a new one later on if we can paint a new one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That has, you know, (laughs) the right mist letters to support life. Whereas this other person who ends up being this other Ash, this lady, this Frida um, who spurns the flame in all of its forms, you know, Londor spurns the flame in all of its forms, you know, usurps right. it and wants to, you know, kind of subvert it. Right. She's coming here and saying, no, no flame. Like everything is fine as everything is fine as it is. I embrace this place rot and all. And the Corvian Knights have allied with Frida. Yes. And there's some interesting kind of like speculation as to why, right. You know, why they've uh, allied with her. Um, this is something where like, uh, and I, I've said this a couple times. I've talked about the DLC on the whole. Um, I didn't need another expression of this idea. Right. Like this is a microcosm of every Souls game mm-hmm. we've had. You know, this idea of the rot versus the flame is not adequately different than the flame fading versus you know reigniting it. Uh, they are thematically the same kind of thing. And I just have this feeling that like I've done this before. Yeah. You know, it's it's rot instead of the dark, or it's rot instead of you know, another one of these encroaching, corrupting forces, yeah, the abyss, the yeah. abyss, you know, something like that. I just I we've done this enough. Yeah. Like I, I you know, having played this far into the series, I understand the concept. And like this is a far more literal interpretation of that. Like if you look at it, OK, this painting has been around. It's made of blood, you know, like yeah. the actual fabric of this place is under assault by this corrupting force. Like all of that makes plenty of sense. I just I don't need it again. I just yeah, exa- I get it. You know, like I, I just I get it already. And it's, you know, the, the theme has been that theme has been expressed to me um, since the series began. You know, that, that is something I understood at the end of Demon Souls. You know, yeah. if I was playing these in order, like the player gets this. So it is kind of frustrating that it is setting up, you know, yes, that's the theme of it. The, so I can see the person who comes to this and is like, oh, this is great because they're expressing, you know, that same theme. That's a cool parallel. Uh, I just don't need infinite parallels of that that idea mm-hmm. you know i just i just don't need that many it doesn't have to happen that much i get it yeah. and you know, like if there was a parallel like okay so here's a microcosm you know microcosms are interesting because they can show you you know what happens in the greater in, in the greater side of this i need to like they they could have taken this and shown us what happens at the extremes of either of this right 
and say, mm-hmm. if you reintroduce flame to this, what is the you know, like like what's going to play out on a faster time scale or at you know with 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 less kind of consequence, right? Because that that's what Dark Souls Three is desperately missing is con or uh, stakes. Mm-hmm. You know, is an understanding of what these decisions we're making mean. You know, if the world is now you know it's crappier than it's ever been. Well, like it looks about the same amount of crappy and the endings where I make it less crappy say that eventually it will just get crappy again. Hmm. Or I have an ending that I don't understand what it means at all, where I become the king of these, these hollows and start like a new age, you know, like it, it is a missed opportunity to, to play with that theme again. Yeah. You know, um, again on its own is fine. Like the idea of these bird people, I love the way that the, that free day kind of like conned them. Mm-hmm. You know, like the theory behind that, like that's, and I'll just say it because it, it isn't revealed yet, but there's like evidence that she is taking on like aspects of Velka, yeah. like dressing like Velka, looking like Velka to kind of get their affection. That's great. Like, yeah. I think that's pretty, that's pretty neat. So on its own as a little individual story, it's fine. It just is not very good in the, in terms of the series, mm-hmm. you know, Again, um, we're conscious that we're applying a double standard. Yes. Yeah. But you know, that's like, that's what happens when you make the greatest video game of all time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. You know, uh, this is, you, you invite this kind of stuff like it, and it doesn't mean, uh, actually like kind of almost uniquely in dark souls three content. I think the DLC is not very fun to play. Um, this part I liked a lot exploring the village and kind of getting the stories, but I don't find, I find about half the enemies fun to fight. I don't like either of the bosses, yeah. but for the most part, it's like, it can still be good. You know, like Dave keeps saying, like a bad souls game is still pretty good. Um, but even as far as a bad souls game go or a bad souls section, I think this one's pretty low. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that, the boss stuff a little bit later. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the, you know, the Corvians, as we mentioned, uh, we mentioned this kind of conflict. Um, we can head up to the, uh, the village proper, which is the coolest like level design section of this is kind of exploring these rooftops, trying to make your way through this, this town. Yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of a tactical consideration. You have these Corvians that will vomit toxic while some others will shoot ice at you from the rooftops. Um, yes. And this is kind of like winding streets. Um, we haven't seen an awful lot of this kind of design um, in Dark Souls 3, like outside of, say, the settlement, like the undead settlement. Yes. Yeah. And even this is a little bit denser yeah. than that. Like, uh, So I like this a lot. Um, this is also I, where I, you can get the... Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. sorry. No, I was going to say, I, I think this... I like this area and... Like, I think it's, it's cool. It's fun to run around. And I did have, this is another instance where like I had trouble navigating it and I don't know why, but like I missed the door you were supposed to go in. So I got up to that church gate and there was like a, a rooftop that was just plausible enough to jump off onto from a ledge. Oh no. That I was like, oh, this is the way you have to go. So I went through the whole area doing that. And like, I went in this weird route because like I could sort of it felt kind of like a glitch but it worked frequently enough that i was like i guess i'm supposed to go this way and i'd like there were i get there's like those two doors next to you right when you cross that bridge and like i guess i tried to open one and it was locked and i didn't try the other or something Hmm. or like i didn't go down that path to the side however you're supposed to do it like i just completely missed it it's one Hmm. of those things where like uh, i i like this area because it sort of gives you good thematic vibes um, none of the enemies in it are scary except for that one crow knight. Like, is there even, maybe there's another one like on the roof, but like all the little random crow guys, I don't know. Like they take two or three hits. You just run up and wail on them. And like, maybe their friend casts one spell, but you're already kind of out of the toxins AOE by then, or just 
that's the benefit of having a, a faster swinging sword is like not having to worry about that recoil and just mowing through these guys who I never felt existed in such large numbers that they would like cause me stress. Not that I wanted them to. I was kind of like, oh, this is sort of a pleasing like, you know, I could, pleasing is a weird word to apply to this like scum town. But, you know, I can just sort of take this at my own place and like whoop on these guys and feel kind of good and like a big strong man for a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, like I'm I'm desperate for any uh, situation, any enemies in this game that don't take a gajillion hits and aren't like challenge mode enemies. Like I like this section because for me, having the enemies not be super tough uh complimented it being about exploration yeah you know like kind of navigating it was the challenge the enemies here were not there to necessarily be an obstacle to overcome they were there to you know to to make it mildly interesting as you walk through it um i still want a empty village in a souls game i think that would be creepier than anything they could fill a village mm. with um but i you know it's clear that that's not going to happen but um, that's kind of the vibe i got from the very beginning with all those like with the the drained lake or whatever Cole you called it of dead bodies that that's what <laughs> sure that's how I was feeling I was like when am I going to get murdered <laughs> and it yeah. like, didn't really happen like eventually that guy jumps down on you but that's like 15 minutes of very cautiously creeping and like exterminating all these helpless guys that don't even attack you because I was like one of you one of you is going to get me when my back is turned and like garrot me with your dangling prolapse guts <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yeah. That, I. I mean. I think that to to your point, like where I would meet you on that is that like having it kind of be in between is a worse place than dedicating itself to one or the other. You know, mm. it either being like yes, they're going to do a big gotcha uh, that is you know fucks you over, or they're going to have it be a big creepy you know nothing happens area, and this is kind of the, you know neither. Um, I still would have preferred, I like this more than like, if you had like double the density of the Corvian Knights, I would hate this area. Mm. Like, I don't like fighting them. I didn't want to have get fucked over here. I wanted to like check out this cool village. So it worked for me. Um, but I can, I see what you mean where it's like, it's, you know, you can spend that whole time being tense, expecting a shoe to drop and it never dropping, which can be frustrating yeah. to you. No, I, I mean, I agree with you that like, I do even I think most video games, but even Dark Souls, which is, is slower paced than most video games, could give itself a chance to breathe every once in a while. And at points, you kind of wish that exhale after a Dark Souls boss lasted a little longer. But I'm kind of thinking about like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess like in Bloodborne, I was going to say, you know, you beat those like mushroom guys in the DLC and then you go into that clock tower. And I was like, wait, no, that's just a boss fight. It's yeah. <laughs> like a boss fight right after a boss fight. Yep. But yeah, like you do sort of want to tromp around in these spaces a little more and like, you know, get a vibe for the place and just sort of exist in this atmosphere. Because, you know, not that I'm complaining, but it is almost a shame sometimes that you're like... I, I can't really see the forest for the trees here because the trees are like three red eyed knights that are all ganging up on me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, this is, this is where you get those Wolverine claws. If you want them, uh, they are, uh, here are the, uh, the crow talons. And this is where we learn a little bit of that backstory that the Corvian right. knights are infatuated with, uh, sister free day. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, there's a tower. That you can go into uh, where you can find Gale's gear, the, the the slave knights. We mentioned that last episode, but these are just kind of, you know, undead knights whose 
immortality was used to make them cannon fodder, essentially. Mm. Um, the, so uh, this also has a red hood that makes him look kind of like Ingbird. I don't think that that is a an explicit thing that they're trying to like draw that connection. Um, I think it's just a visual motif that works. Yeah, I mean that that would make sense yeah. uh, to me as well. Um, the uh, you get this chapel uh, at the end of this, which uh, is two Corvianites. There's two types. We didn't really mention this. There are the Wolverine ones, and there are the rapier uh, yes. ones, the rapiers. And they are uh, there's two of them together, which like to my mind is not you know. I do not want to fight these guys together. <laughs> I don't, you know, that doesn't sound fun. I had to do it to get, because I fucked up. Like there's a way to get into the roof and, uh, get some items here. And, uh, but I fell down and then had to fight them both. Yeah. Which sucked. The reason why you're going here towards the middle is you're getting these, uh, this new spell, the way of white, uh, way of white Corona, which uh, shoots out a, a boomerang disc. <laughs> like it glows. It's like Tron. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, this is one of the miracles that references the way of white. Um, I, I love the way they describe this. Um, long ago, when the imprints left by the gods were still deep. Yeah. You know, just they, they hadn't been filled in by time or whatever. I just that's a very good way to put it. Um, and uh, also it talks about uh, worshiping Ariolas, which uh, is funny to me. <laughs> I understand that as halos and not a part of the female anatomy, but let me dream. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's, shared root. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I. That's funny you say Tron. We were calling it Destructo Disc, <laughs> uh, and it comes into play later with a summon you got. You get, <laughs> um, but yeah, what a like sort of heaping letdown for the fight in that chapel. Though in my experience, you could just hang them up on the door, like you could run outside, and usually one would follow, and the other one would just kind of get stuck or lost. Yeah. I was able um, to get but, them to trip up in the pews. Yeah, I mean, maybe that was just me being lucky. Uh, those guys are a total pain. It's just like whenever, I don't know. I mean, look, I've probably played like a thousand hours of Dark Souls over the course of my life. So I'm sort of not at the point where like I'm going to meet it halfway on things. So mm. whenever I run into one of these enemies, I'm like, yep, I'm just going to backstab you. Like I'm going to stop playing the game the way that's fun for me. And I'm going to like turtle up. Uh, in this way that like I only have this shield equipped because it gives me 10% extra souls. Otherwise, it's just right. on my back most of the time. But like this is how we're going to play it. Uh, and that kind of right. like bums me out. Like and and it's to the point you made on, on the last episode. It's like, well, I'm not going to learn how to parry them because that'll just take even longer. And like yeah. it might sort of result in more fun dividends eventually. But like I can't. I got it. I'm an adult. <laughs> like I got a, yeah. I got a job. <laughs> it, it's a balance thing. I just don't have that much patience for making death runs anymore. Yeah. And it, and it has gotten more extreme. Like people who are like, Oh, that's souls. Like you always do that. No, this is more than I had to do in bloodborne. I feel you know, this like is more than I had to do in dark souls too. Like, certainly more than dark souls one. Like, have you gone back yeah. and played that game? Like there <laughs> are no scary enemies in it for the most part. Yeah. Like, like it, uh, 90% of the enemies are slow and attack you once. <laughs> like, yeah, there's t there's tons of downtime because it is that like slower paced kind of chess like combat yeah. uh, as opposed to the, you know, the new gen Pepsi combat that Bloodborne has where yeah, it's the choice I mean, of a new generation yeah. and everything is faster than anything. Look, I love Bloodborne. <laughs> I feel like like Bloodborne is like it's like that combat is the meeting of like uh, character action and souls like which yeah. are two of my favorite genres. So it meets in the middle. I'm happy. Um, but I feel like sort of kind of trying to retrofit that to souls 
did not work out super great. And it made it such that like, I feel like big weapons are not that fun to use in Dark Souls 3. Um, and I, I still went through like a lot of my first playthrough with like the Great Club and stuff like that. But like there are just certain enemies where I was like, I'm just going back to the katana because like trying to hit these guys with a slow weapon is going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Well, we'll and, talk, I think that that comes up, that kind of disparity comes up a lot during the end boss of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the kind of uh, blood, you know, uh, bloodborne bosses versus Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because the know, end boss here is a bloodborne boss like. Well, it's, it's almost quite literally. Yeah, like it is yeah. It is literally just a copy-paste from a Bloodborne boss, almost, in a way that's very frustrating to me. Um, that, uh, the, the weird thing about finding a way of White Miracle here is that, um, at least Vadi, but several other people's kind of speculation about what we were going to deal with here was that we were going to deal with the way of White. Right. Um, it was his like theory that the, the father, uh, Ariandel, was going to be uh, All-Father Lloyd, um, you know, based on the trailer and stuff. But this is actually the only way of White thing so it became kind of this weird uh dangling uh thread rather than the complete tapestry that maybe you know we thought it was going to be that's here. a that's a good that's some good wordplay there thank <laughs> you um the uh so you head into this uh this kind of library here and you fight a really obnoxious npc <laughs> fight um we run into sir sir wilhelm who's like you know yes i let you kind of go on your own i told you to go home you didn't now it's time to, for you to get fucked and uh, he is here's where he has the dialogue that talks directly to the player. Um, it may be at the beginning of the episode. It may be here. I've seen your kind time and time again. Every fleeing man must be caught. Every secret must be unearthed. Such is the conceit of the self-proclaimed seeker of truth. But in the end, you lack the stomach for the agony that you'll bring upon yourself. We had uh, we had somebody in the uh, in, in the uh, responses say like oh they're talking to loyster uh, lo- uh, loysters I must said loysters which is not a thing <laughs> that's that's a lore oyster, oyster. <laughs> yep <laughs> that's what, that's when you open an oyster and you get the story of the pearl it's on the river and <laughs> I mean, I read that book in middle world. school it wasn't that great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Newbery Award winning story of a pearl um, <laughs> but um but yeah I like, feel like this is this is an incredibly elegant like very soulsy and to express this idea that i'm so tired of it's like hey man look i know i'm bad i played (laughs) spec ops the line like i get it (laughs) like so having you come in here and tell me like you we told you to leave but now you're just murdering guys aren't you like and it's like yeah i get it and but i get it more if like a million video games like hadn't made it their stock and trade to just keep telling me this over (laughs) and over again it's what's also very like spec ops is about that Right. You know, like this is not the Dark Souls is not about that. It feels like a little side message. Yeah. You know, um, is it, it, it's like a taunt. Why is it Wilhelm saying this too? like, I, I you know, we don't know much about him, but mm-hmm. yeah, that doesn't uh, that doesn't seem to you know, it doesn't like line his, up. Yeah. His 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 character, what we know about his background is that he would be about stopping you from uh, showing the painter flame mm-hmm. and bringing the world to flame. But him being against this kind of general having this discussed for this general curiosity is something that like brings a little weird, right? You know, like it's not, it doesn't seem in line with him unless he's, I mean, he's just taunting you because you're, you didn't go home, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I like, I, I, I love spec ops. I love, you know, games that try to make me feel bad for playing them. Like that is, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, uh, I don't have an unlimited appetite for it, but I, I think that it's something that you have to be careful about. Like the game has to be about that. Like you have to be spec ops or paper, please, papers, please, or something like that where uh 
the, it's actually baked into the mechanics and baked into the entire thing. This kind yeah. of like questioning the actions that you're doing. It's a, um, and it's an expensive idea. And to be fair, right. It's also an expensive idea that is borrowed from a better souls game because mm-hmm. that's, it's very similar to what, uh, made Nestrea says, yeah, you know, it's, it's like, it's not that dissimilar to, you know, there's nothing here to plunder. What do you seek when you're coming here? Like, it's just a trick that I've seen before, you know, it's something that would otherwise be neat if it wasn't something expressed better in the series. Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of these things where it's like, why is this suddenly about this? Like I was really taken aback by that line. I was like, this is what we're doing. And uh, (laughs) like, I hadn't even thought of the made in Nestrea comparison, but it is sort of very on point especially with the the geography of this area. Yeah. It's like, why are you stomping through this shit town? Like, <laughs> dude, just go somewhere else. Like, why are you here? Uh, and I get that, but it is like, yeah, like, you know what? Spec Ops took five or six hours to tell me that. Same with Papers, Please. And like, they sort of, yeah, they 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 paid back the debt they incurred by sort mm-hmm. of... Uh, launching that premise at you um and they and they they went at it and just to have this game do this it's just like come on man like look that is a good paragraph of dialogue like (laughs) whoever wrote that should be proud uh but the idea it's like i don't because i want to level up like i don't know you yeah, because guess, it's like, there. Especially like I just paid fifteen dollars for this thing that yeah. frankly is not the most fun Souls thing, <laughs> and now you're telling me I shouldn't be playing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's it's something that again, you know, it's idea I'm sympathetic to, you know, and and, and this like line even in a vacuum is pretty cool. Yep. Uh, you know, it's just in the context of the series that it falls down for me. Uh, this fight drives me nuts because he heals himself six times. Yeah. Yeah, he loves it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it is the content he craves. Like it is <laughs> it is entirely too much, uh, too much healing. Yeah. Every time I got him down to that last sliver and he'd just be like, bye bye. <laughs> no, like and I could yeah. not close the distance fast enough. Like, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's very stubborn. Yeah. And it makes sense, and, you know, for who he is. So he he's essentially again, he's uh, the girl Vinland for for free day. Yeah. Like he is a loyal knight. He was most loyal to the oldest sister. I think this is the first time we learn that she is one of the sisters from the Sable Church. Just yeah. from his description. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so aside, is, aside from the Londor stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Recognizing, yeah, recognizing who you are. But this is it places her as the oldest sister. Yes. Um of the three sisters yeah. of the Sable of which Church. Yuria is the uh the middle, middle sister. The middleest. And yeah. yeah, the youngest one was a uh a cleric, like you know, learned a bunch of miracles, I think, is the uh the only thing we know about her mm-hmm. and if they do a Londor related, uh, you know, DLC, she'll probably show up. Yep. Yeah. But, uh, he served her and we learned from his, uh, fr- fr- from his weapon, this onyx blade, which is really cool. Like, I like this weapon a lot. Uh, you can buff mm-hmm. it with this, uh, with this black flame and it becomes really powerful. Um, like that was a retirement gift almost like Alfreda gave it to him saying like, Hey, wink, wink. Uh, do you want to stop being a knight? And accepting it meant his resignation, which, you know, to me tells a story of like, she knew she was going to bolt. So she discharged him. So he would be able to follow without committing treason. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also get a key from him, which opens up a ladder 
uh, that is placed above these books. Yep. It just destroys all these priceless tomes of knowledge on its way down. <laughs> like, every time I see that scene, it's funny to me. It's, it's <laughs> it's we should have like put these here. Environmental storytelling, man. It's like nobody's opened that staircase in, like, thousands of years. And yeah. also there's I mean, a skeleton holding a note that said, the last time I opened this staircase. <laughs> Uh, and something by a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and also the key is in the toilet, right? <laughs> With yeah. a stim pack. <laughs> but um, this uh, this key, this contraption key, tells a story about uh, Sir Wilhelm uh, leading this white-haired woman to the, to the attic of, of the library. Um, and uh, he kept the key as if it were his life, which we've confirmed because um, we had to yeah. take his life to take the key. But up here in the attic, we meet uh, we, we meet this NPC who is only um, in the wiki referred to as the painting woman. We never get anything more of an identity beside the fact that she uh um paints ceaselessly and she is uh gail's niece mm -hmm. and she is yeah. the one so in talking about like oh please show my lady flame you know i assumed that it was frida uh, but no this is the lady that needs to be shown flame and she she asked for she asked for it like she you know like you're the one who is foretold by prophecy to come you are also ash give me the good stuff Mm. Yeah. While I've been sitting here for who knows how long, like gouging at this table. <laughs> she's I just figure. she's carving no fate but what we make. Yeah. In the, uh, the side of this table over and over. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's so um, got nothing else to do. Uh, the door's locked. Yeah. It, so you have to go out into the rafters for some reason to open up this shortcut immediately. <laughs> she's um she's kind of interesting because she is a like she has reptilian features. Uh, she has scales around her feet and eyes. And stuff, and some of the kind of clues or guesses as to her heritage is that she is related or a descendant of Priscilla, right? Um, which is, you know, that reads to me. That's fine. Yep. I Again, mean, like knowing, much knowing have someone to be in like yeah, exactly, the exactly. DLC they are making, like yeah, exactly. Like it's also I'm not that interested in whose parents are whose, yeah. you know, like, but it's you know, yeah. That it. does seem to be a really big souls question that I've just never <laughs> latched onto. Yeah. It, like, it wasn't in previous games. It's a weird Dark Souls 3 thing. Like, there's a lot of uh, speculation um, about. Boy, why, the name is escaping me right now. In the cathedral, um, Rosaria. Rosaria yeah. being related to, you know, oh, this is the sister of Guinevere, you know? Mm. And it's like, what? Do, or no, this is well, Sullivan's I, I sister. I just remember people driving themselves nuts over Priscilla in the first place, being like, she's Seath's daughter, like, she's Seath and Guinevere's daughter. Or like maybe I remember like all these crazy theories about like maybe Seath raped Guinevere and like yeah. I was just like where are you guys getting this stuff from? Yeah. And also like why is it that I don't know I've just never felt the need to engage on that level. I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like why would this change anything? I like don't know. It, it can be interesting. Like the answer to that can be interesting insofar as parentage you know determining somebody's actions or in or informing somebody's actions right like if what they were doing was following in their parents footsteps or trying to undo what their what their parents did stuff like that like that direct of a connection would make a lot more sense to me and maybe it's something cultural about parentage that we just don't understand over here <laughs> um you know like it just want one of those difference i'm never i'm never entirely willing to discount that possibility but you know, like, like th that can be, that can be good information. It's just not, it's not used to inform anything that we actually see or, you know, learn about secondhand even. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
yeah, uh, that's uh, you know that's the interesting thing about her. We're gonna get more dialogue with her soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So she, we uh, we head out into the shortcut that you mentioned uh, onto another kind of foresty opening area here, uh, which is again hard to kind of follow literally. But this is the other section where the Millwood Knights yes. have posted up. I did not um, like this area at all. <laughs> everything's coming up Millwood. Yeah, I mean... everything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Thr- Thrillwood. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're the Thrillwood Knights. Uh, the um, so th- these are the ones that we talked about, uh, Luigi, in the last episode that can cause earthquakes. Yeah, and stuff. Uh, these guys are are more, you know, more powerful. We're, we're higher ranking members of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also again, more, uh, of the, the followers are going to show up here as well. Yes. Um, it's kind of everything from the first section of the game, except wolves, uh, but turned up river remix, um, and kind yeah, of a more like tangled half area. dozen followers at a time. If you're not excruciatingly careful. Yeah. 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 It is, like it is a real challenge. Throwing pebbles one by one, like <laughs> you're going to call the horde. Yeah. Um, and just like this is this is switchback city. Um, oh, sure. You know, in terms of the navigation. So like if if you're not being very, again, very deliberate, um, your line of sight is so convoluted that you will, you know, the, the, the density of enemies is much higher than you would expect, given what is visually apparent to you. There's also a couple parts where guys act like criers and summon other dudes. Yeah. So yeah. like you're you almost can't avoid it at certain parts. Yep. Yeah. 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 This is uh this is an area that like I was very careful the first time. You know, like I went around and I saw, oh, here's the ruins of the bell. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I like that. But they destroyed the bell. Like yeah. that's a really cool that's a touch. Nice touch. Especially yeah. when you tie it in with Wilhelm's like <laughs> yep. there ain't no bell, dude. Yeah, like, <laughs> like there, I know. There could not be a bell. There could not have been a bell. <laughs> Um, yeah, like just so trying to keep all of the ashen out of here, even the possibility of that. Um, but yeah, like this is, you know, this is an area that ended up running through an awful lot after I, after I kind of got the lay of the land. Although who knows, is there some kind of big area that I didn't find? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is, uh, we're almost, we're almost there. Okay. Um, with the that, like, you, you found the other optional area, area with yeah. the earthquakey guy. Yeah. Um, like the, the other lake kind of thing. The other time they trick you with like a collapsing ice precipice yeah and drop you down into that thing where it's like oh good uh <laughs> not only do i have to deal with this axe guy up in my face mm-hmm. and at least one bow guy up on the cliff like there's also this caster dude summoning earthquakes beneath my feet <laughs> yeah the range on that uh, i i didn't know where the attack was coming from even yeah it almost feels like uh like an mmo attack or something where you're yeah. just like oh i just have to watch my feet the entire time this fight because like yeah it will it will hound you. And I feel like that encounter was just like, fool me once, shame on me. <laughs> fool me twice, I'm just not going to go back there. Yeah. <laughs> like, Or I'm going to run in, grab the stuff, and peace out. Yeah. Um, I like their weapon. So the, uh, the, the, the hammer that they get, or that they use, rather, um, they communicate, oh, we fight with the earth, and we are in tune with it by having their hammer just be this improvised thing. It's, it's a it's a stick with a boulder on the end of it. <laughs> I just, I, I, whenever Souls does that, that obviously improvised weapon, it's always amusing to me. Like the jaw, the monster jaw, too. <laughs> yep. Big fan of that thing. Yeah, it's, right. I like the weapon, too. Like, they're, they're interesting. Um, I didn't fight, you know, I, I fought them a little bit, again, uh, to kind of remind myself that I don't like fighting them. <laughs> Um, I think I think a lot of people 
I'll be curious if it, there's, you know, cause I don't read the, the responses before we record these. I'm curious if other people talked about this, but I feel like a lot of people treated these sections as just like gauntlets to run through. Mm. Yeah. At least according to our Slack, like a lot of people just talked about running past these guys, like not wanting well, to. And at some point, like you know, I've gone back and forth between like being able to run past things is a, is a feature, not a bug, you know, letting me be able to like not have to person by person clear an area after I die to a boss is a good thing. Yeah. Um, at some point though, if you're going to make the guys like this tanky and like harsh, what's the point of even having them here? If people will usually just kind of treat them like hazards, you know, like, I don't know. I, I would much rather prefer everything that is here be fun to fight. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, so. and, and this scenario with like dead ends too, like you'll run up a switchback around up a path and then just like, there'll be an item that is guarded by a Millwood Knight. And if you're running, like, it feels like they're actively discouraging that. Um, yeah. a, a little bit, or at least they are trying to, they're trying to, you know, discourage, yeah, again, discourage it. Sorry. I lost the word. No, yeah, you got, you really got to work against like, uh, your inertia and sort of poor cornering on some of this stuff. If you want to just truck through these areas. Yeah. It's, I mean, and all, obviously this is all subjective. So some people probably think it is fun to, uh, to fight these guys, mm-hmm. well, um, well, it, you know, For me, it was kind of like once I sort of got the lay of the land, I was like, all right, let's stare at this really obvious shortcut tree directly across (laughs) from the bonfire and then like try to trace the imaginary path that's going to get me there because like I could spend the rest of my life, (laughs) you know, (laughs) strategically picking off these guys, but I don't really want to. Yeah. Mm. So like, let me just sprint, find that shortcut tree and then that's done and they can murder me or whatever and I'll move on. And it's especially potent at the second shortcut tree where they're like, you're going to go through this combo of like bow shooty man and axe man. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go through them. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> with my them. stamina bar, yeah. <laughs> kick down this tree and then be done with it. And yeah, never have to do it again because of the way yeah. you know, bonfire warping and stuff like they're at the very least, like they're designed around that and that they are so ridiculously harsh that you are not, you know, you don't have to do it multiple times because once yeah, you get there, once you get to the next bonfire or the next shortcut, just skip it. Cause mm-hmm. that's know. true. But it also feels to me like something lost in the souls games. Um, as someone who sort of respects, I, I sort of, my, I come out survival horror is my favorite genre. Um, a lot of what uh, a lot of a lot of what makes it interesting to me is sort of the marathon element of it and being able to string these things together in an effective and efficient way uh, and sort of managing multiple I don't know, resource bars like your health versus your ammo, stuff like that. And part of what makes that work is that like most survival horror games aren't really that hard. Um, so it becomes like a cross country thing. Versus a sprint. Right. Uh, and I feel like Souls games have very rapidly become sprints. And it's like, just prove you can do this part and there will be a bonfire on the other side. Yeah. Um, and what I've lost from that is like not only the long distance thing, but it's also like a lot of the trepidation of like, I just beat the Taurus demon and I have 4,000 souls. And like, what the hell do I do now? Like, I'm I'm just going to walk all the way back through these guys I murdered because it's <laughs> like four level ups. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to go ahead. I don't know if there's a bonfire there. Yeah, we we praise the sprintiness of Dark Souls 2. And it's it, it's, you know, I, I haven't done enough like thought or investigation to decide what feels different about this. Um, 
you know, compared compared to that. So uh, feel free to trap me in a in a you know hypocrisy mire if you want. I don't I don't care. But um, it is uh, you know something that can work and has in the past. But you're right, like it is it is increasingly sprinty. Yeah, I mean that's I mean, uh, that's just what I mean by feeling like something is lost. Like I, I don't necessarily want to apply like value judgments, though. Definitely, I have a personal value, but I'm not saying like this is like de facto like minus fifty points off like the overall score. But like it does like sort of have this. I sense a, a, a void in me that's like hard to exactly pin down to like a specific point in this game, but more like a general ethos of like. Well, you did that, so yeah. you don't have to see it again. And like, I kind of yeah. get that because there was a bit too much seeing stuff again in Dark Souls One, yeah. like <laughs> running all the way to the blacksmith, like every time. You know, it got a, it was a little much, even though it could be cool. So, like, I I just I feel like there's a happier medium there than those two games. Yeah, I mean, it, it's for me, it's like as long as you're designing around it, it's fine. I feel like these guys are n so one of the reasons why that works in Dark Souls 2 for me is because of healing gems. Like you just have mm -hmm. to get past the area. You use Estus uh, in the fight because it's quick and it does a lot. You use healing gems between the fights so you can enter the fight fresh. Um, the Estus system in Dark Souls 3 is not made for these short sprint encounters uh, if it's not between bonfires. Like if it's not between, you know, a shortcut encounter where you're going to have another encounter, especially with these guys, which like, we had 13 Estus going into this, like a fighting a couple of these Millwood Knights can take like five or six Estus mm -hmm. for me, like no problem, you know, in a, in a, yeah. in a walk. Um, and I don't have anything to kind of do that passive regen. So that was one reason why Dark Souls 2 worked for me for that. The other thing is, is like when we when Cole says that we like praise Dark Souls 2 for taking this different approach, it doesn't mean that was the only approach we ever wanted. Like we weren't praising it saying like, oh, this is better than Dark Souls 1. It was saying, hey, a lot of people who are cranky about the amount of shortcuts or the, or the amount of um, bonfires, like look at how the encounters are being designed. Yeah. Like you can you can not like that, but it's not like the game isn't trying to do a thing um, here. It's trying to do something very similar, but I also like the Dark Souls. Like, I feel like the Dark Souls one way of doing it is probably the best way to do it. It's not an accident. Like, I don't feel like this is an accident uh, the way they're doing it now, other than the fact that like. The healing system's not suited for it. And enemies that are quite this tough are not suited for it. There's, I don't think there's anything in Dark Souls 2 that have as many, much hit points and as much stamina as these Millwood Knights do. Right. I can't think of, you know, I can't think of anything in that game that is this crunchy. Yeah, even like the, are they the Drake Blood guys? The really big, like the infamous, like, mace guys with the infinite stamina. Yeah, uh, the, the, the really guys, big ones. The guys, those things suck. Like from their strike. Uh, but there's only the but, only the mace one has infinite stamina, and there's like one of them. But you even know? even those guys, like once you can get in on them, you can probably get them in one round. Uh, at least if you're using a mace or something. If you're using a blunt weapon, like one or two reposts from you, like you know, two to three hits, two times, they're down. Like these guys just felt like they went forever. Like, I don't, it kind of frustrates me that like guys will have invincibility frames on the ground, but there's no ground attack to like sort of kick them back up. Uh, mm -hmm. Cause like a lot of the time, like I just felt like I am wasting my DPS quote unquote, because like I've backstabbed this Viking, he's on the ground. I could swing at him one more time or it's, it's more the invincibility frames in the getting up posture yeah. than being prone because like, 
he gets up for a long time and he's invincible the whole time. So yeah, like yeah. I can only ever get one hit in with a fast weapon before he's got his shield up and then I bounce and then that gives him a window. So I have to like treat myself this extreme restraint that he does not labor under. Yep. Right. Yep. It, it's the unfairness. It's the the disadvantage of it. It's just and it's just tuning, you know. Like this this could have been this area if everything was tuned down a little bit. I don't think it would have lost anything. You know. I don't know who the, the people are who are going through. Like there are people who are going through this are like, this is too easy, you know, but that, that feels I like think those people are just gaslighting us. <laughs> yeah. They, they, exa- like, that's what it feels like. You know, it feels like a weird way of, uh, you know, gaslighting or it feels like, uh, just machismo, you yeah. know? Um, I don't know. I mean, without saying it's too easy, I don't think a lot of enemy encounters in, uh, dark souls are, per se hard provided you have kind of a saintly patience oh yeah so like it's for me it's it's less a matter of it being too difficult as like sort of this reward of my time invested because like certainly the 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 viking guys aside like the 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 followers aren't that tough it's just such a slog to like go through all those guys after the first time you've done it. Like it's like you, as with a lot of encounters and games, I feel this way. It's like, you're making me like fill out all the answers on a test I've already taken. Like I've already proved I can ace, but like now you mm. put the same test in front of me and they're like, okay, but write all that stuff again. Yeah. I, the fact that, so I like the, the actual, the way the followers work as an encounter, the fact mm-hmm. that you do have to just, it doesn't work as a repeat encounter. You know, the, it does become tedious to clear them time and time again. But the first time I would much rather have an elaborate uh, set of enemies that are like strategically placed to and use tactics against you that go down in two or three hits rather than this just like a big pile of smash that are effect, you know, effectively mini bosses. You know, I would be like, I have to look at like it's hard to do HP comparisons between entries in the series because DPSs change. But like these guys feel like they have you know, Capra demon levels of hit points mm-hmm. and there's, they're just around. There's lots of them here. It's not like quite demon ruins, like cut and paste, but like they're just here and they're, they feel like, like early bosses to me, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It does feel like kind of that reuse, like reinsert this thing, at big guy into the world. Yeah. But like, why do I, yeah, it's just a matter of like, why, why is it more fun that you have this area that's just full of these speed bumps, basically like, where you you're so fragile i just i felt so fragile in dark souls 3 in general and this is as like that's the game where i started raising my hp like i almost never do that but like i felt like i was getting murdered so easily throughout dark souls 3 that i had to like commit way more souls levels to increasing my life bar than i ever would in any other game yeah i just i don't like feeling especially in a game um i don't like feeling like something's not worth the effort um, and especially, especially in a Souls game where mm. effort has always been, if not rewarded, at least acknowledged by by some kind of fun or engagement. It just doesn't, doesn't it doesn't come through here. Like it just doesn't it doesn't feel worth the bother. Yeah, yeah. The, the, this section sucks. I hate these things, and uh, they they don't work for a multiple multitude of reasons for me. Um, after you make your way through here, uh, eventually you go pa- kind of past this like bricked up mine entrance to this underground section. That goes into what looks very similar to the underground section of the painted world. 
Um, the uh, and geographically, like more or less what this could be. Yeah. Um, the section down with the bone wheels. Um, this is Fly City. Uh, <laughs> this is this is full of flies. Um, we've been back. We've been to Switchback City. Now we're in Fly City. Yeah, and this um, is uh, like you know it. It appears to be the epicenter for the rot, like right yes. right beneath the chapel that is at the center of this place, or at least the highest point. Which makes sense, given that this is a painting that is painted over uh, the painted world of Ariamis. You know that this section that is from the old world would be the oldest section and be the most susceptible to rot. Yeah. God, you know, I, so I like, love like hearing you guys bring up stuff like this or like that like sort of concept that this is like sort of this economical or like recycled painted world, but like it's almost like reverse immersion that like I was so out of the moment that none of that even occurred to me <laughs> that like to put those to put those hands together. Yeah. But well, like, you know, it, it, in concept, yeah, it's a fantastic idea. It's it's a real, you know, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. It's 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 the uh, it's the it's the bonfire side chat job, you know, yeah, is to, to try to me... do that research in the moment I was looking for it because I and I expressed this in the last episode. I can't really overstate what my hopes were like for this. Like I was yeah. very bummed out when I found out that it was a painted world, but I really expected a lot. So there was a little bit of like thirsty boy yeah. going through this, yeah. like really trying to to get any scrap that I could. Yeah. It was, it was souls DLC expectations heaped on top of painted world expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, uh, this area with flies, um, there's some kind of treasure down here. The main thing you have to do, there's two kind of points of interest. Uh, one is this contraption that turns the statue of Velka that we saw from the painted world, essentially Mm -hmm. Um, here. Now it is built up in this altar near Friday and, turns it to face things and opens this area behind where we found Frida. And uh, we get this little voiceover. Frida notices that you've done this mm-hmm. and is like, of course you've done it. Ash seeks flame. I knew this was going to happen. Fuck. Bird's going to fly, you know? Um, <laughs> and then uh, this is, so if you can, you, if you want to feel cool, uh, feel good, uh, cool. I missed this thing. So okay. I looked about, looked at it later, but I didn't catch this on my first way through. Yeah. Run well, through. It's an illusory wall um, here in this very crowded area that has, you know, uh, a very obvious, uh, kind of kind of point of interest for you to go to but there is a um, a wall you can knock down to go out to the top of this tower um which is kind of implied to be priscilla's tower like it looks very similar to that this also is over top of the grave watcher boss arena mm-hmm. that's why we fought him under um and we get uh an npc invasion by uh by livid pyromancer dunnell um yes. and it's a pretty tough fight because he is able to summon um one of those uh floating chaos spheres the uh the turret uh, from uh, the smoldering lake that we uh, that we saw there, um, and uh, yeah, this is this is pretty tough. Uh, Dunnell's a pretty interesting guy uh, because uh, you know there's probably an interpretation that he was the like like his wife was Priscilla. You know, when you look at his his pyromancy flame, um, this uh, this uh, pyromancer's parting flame, it describes Dunnell as having a hideous spouse who he lost. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, hideous, you know, Priscilla being his half breed, you know, meant to be hidden away, et cetera, and on down the line. Um, and so he, you know, when he lost his his wife, he gave this as an offering, which kind of made it into this into this item that it is. And, you know, now, you know, Dunnell is mad and kind of wandering the painting um, as this uh, as this invading spirit. Traditional yeah. Lothric beauty standards. I get <laughs> it, man. <laughs> stop, stop reading Lothric Cosmo. The, uh, the, 
I, you know, I, I, I read that before. I'm not sure if I'm on board with it. Yeah. Like him, him being Priscilla's husband. Like there's, there's two pieces. It's him having a hideous wife and his location. Yep. And those are the only things that lead to it. So it's like, yeah. it, it feels like a 40% thing that yeah. doesn't add a lot to me. We've, we, we, like, we've, what, we've made grander suppositions on less. It feels like. Oh, for sure. But like, I think that usually we kind of work from uh, a conclusion backwards. Like yeah. Priscilla having a husband doesn't help me, yeah. you know, it doesn't do anything. So it's harder for me to make that stretch. It could be the case. Like that definitely could be the, the intention and, and, and stuff, but it doesn't add anything for me to know yeah. that Priscilla had a pyromancer husband who was this guy. Yeah. You know? Uh, so, so the taking it one step further, you know, before, before we introduce the idea that maybe Sullivan was related to the painter. Um, I, I, I totally assume that Sullivan was the, uh, was the kid of Priscilla and this guy, mm. um, was my, uh, you know, like again, his, his kind of melding of the, of the ice and flame. You know, like, sure. I don't know, like that, that, that would have been okay for me. And just cause whatever, fuck it, throw it in. Everybody's related to everybody. But, um, that, that was, <laughs> that was, that was what I was working under before. You know, I, I didn't notice the scales around, uh, around the painter, the, the, the painter yeah. woman's eyes. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, uh, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to talk about the Donald fight. So I don't want to interrupt your thought. Uh, you know, I, I just don't have, um, you know, I, Priscilla is such a, this is true of most things that are called back in Dark Souls 3, but I just, so if I think about what I would gain from thinking that, um, you know, they were married or thinking that uh, Sullivan was, was a child, you know, your original supposition, yep. like it makes a kind of sense, but, and I guess this is just, that's Ash's very on text is that yep. like, it might give me an unimportant biographical de- detail of a character. Yeah. Uh, but I, Priscilla made a lot. Like Priscilla was a complete story to me. Yeah. You know? Um, so her having a kid like that might have a future, you know, like, like that might actually be important mm -hmm. that the, the painting lady ends up being her, her daughter that could end up having thematic residence if she gets to create the painting that she talks about at the end. Yeah. Um, this felt like a dead end, but I guess she's got to have a father and Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, I don't know. I just like, I, I'm, this, I'm sure this is just a mountain of salt talking to you, but like, I just cannot bring myself to care about Pontiff Sullivan either. That mm. infinite stamina, <laughs> pain in the ass boss, like, it's, like, whatever. I don't care where you come from. Just go there and don't come back. Like, I think, you know, Cole and I are both a, a lot kinder to that character. Like, we're, we're pretty into that stuff. You know, yeah. our, our kind of general stance is in Dark Souls 3, the new stuff is better than the old stuff. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the thing. I like that. I like all the stuff with his knights. I just like never really got into him. And I think of a lot of that's probably because I hate that boss. Yeah. But like, I think all the knight stuff is great. I love those. uh, I mean, I love I I like the Bloodborne beasts. I probably like Mm -hmm. them more than I should, given how much of a pain they can be to fight. I love that. Mm -hmm. Like the thing where they like pray. Like, yeah, that's really great. That. I just I want a game where like 30 percent of the game is that just like (laughs) things you would never expect just happening. And then you're like, what the hell is going on here? Like, why did this thing just stop fighting me? And like, just I remember when I saw that and people being like. Well, you know, maybe it could be that they have this parasite on their chest and in reposting it, you've killed the parasite. And now they're just like, just kill me, man. What have I done? 
such insane suffering or yeah there's this moment of like consciousness and reflection either way uh just like that is the stuff i feel like i can dig my teeth into and i think it's not it's not so much a matter of like show don't tell for as much as that's overused but like create that imagination space and i feel like something like the pontiff sullivan beast do that much more than an item description about some guy's ugly wife. It's like, hey man, I don't know her. Like, and it's not, what's, why is it your job to call her ugly? It, it is so, a weird, the voice of that item description is really weird. And it's also, uh, if it adds a, a weird wrinkle too. So this is the same pyromancy that is being used by the Gru-like sorcerers in the demon ruin. So there has to be a line to that as well. I had completely you know, forgotten like, about that. Yep. Uh, so, so I thought this was a unique that? spell and I really mm. liked this fight because of it. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'd forgotten how much I hated that in that area. And it's totally just because that area and the fact that you're dealing with like up to four of those orbs at the same time makes it terrible. But in this one-on-one -on -one fight, I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And like, mm. it's really making me like sort of judge my timing and like figure out when I can get in on him or like not to roll too early because it attacks you very slowly. Uh, but like he's sort of putting pressure on you at the same time. I love fights like that. Uh, so it's, it's funny that I had just blanked from my mind the fact that I had encountered this attack before and hated it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like it's a it, it's a fun fight. Like you you very rarely get this kind of arena for one of these uh, for for one of these NPC fights. So mm -hmm. regardless of what the implications of this guy guy are you know ultimately whatever it is it doesn't connect to too much of anything else so what does it matter but um yeah it's it, it is a worthwhile jaunt and also like the path here is it's it's another one of those root kind of places um and you're able to do it without pressure from a uh from, from one of the archer yeah so it's uh you know it's up working that way too the um it's also a one-way trip right i think so yeah i i i, I homeward boned out of it yeah or, um so the the um because uh so we're we're heading back now that we know that we've opened this thing we can head back to the uh the church yeah um head back to uh to to free day yeah there's a there's a ladder from the from the fly basement that uh, you can you can climb up to get there yeah yeah um and now if we want to if we can go upstairs to that attic uh there was a, it was more or less empty before but now the uh, the painting woman has shown up here. And this is where the kind of interesting cosmology stuff of the DLC kind of happens. Yes. Is with her. Um, it like, I can't, I don't want this to be a dangling thing. Like part of me is like the second DLC needs to answer questions from the main game. I feel like at this point, uh, this is suggesting that the second DLC is just going to be a sequel to this one. Yeah. Um, because this, the, all the stuff that she says kind of from here and the fight, uh, really suggests that to me. Mm hmm. Um, so she's creating a, she's a painter. Like she mm -hmm. is, uh, she can make these worlds. Uh, she's making a, a painting. It's going to be cold, dark, and very gentle, but she has to see flame to make that happen. Right. Um, so, okay, we'll, we'll show you flame. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll go down into this area and, uh, and do this fight. Me being um, the dummy that I am. I'm like, Oh, here's a torch. <laughs> yeah. You never know, man. And yeah. like, they, <laughs> they just read like with all you would skipped over it, but with all the fly enemies, <laughs> that spit the maggots at you uh -huh. in the uh, crypt or whatever it is. Like you're like, Oh yeah, that thing with the torch, I have to do that. Yeah. Well, he, here's the thing Cole, that, that makes that not 
silly. Like what if when you held up the torch, you could see things on the painting? Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that's what, you know, like I think that would have been neat. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not literally show her flame. It's show her what's reflected in the flame. Yeah. Um, that doesn't happen. I really like her little attic. I liked it when I went up there and it was empty. And mm-hmm. then you sort of mm-hmm. like naturally happen upon her again. Cause where else would she go? And she's just sort of chilling there, like kicking her feet. And that's always sort of like the, the like innocuous souls character who's just like completely <laughs> at odds with the situation and isn't troubled by anything. Isn't sweating anything. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Those can always be fun. Kind of like a nice breather. And you're like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to like chill out with you up here for a while. and like, talk about your blood painting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we learn more about the painting after the, after the boss fight, we can also mm-hmm. speak to Frida again. So she gave us that, you know, that warning down there. It's like, Oh, so I knew this was going to happen. Um, uh, more cosmology here. She says that even if this world, um, you know, withers and rots, Ariandel will remain, um, kind of mm-hmm. implying that if the painting goes away, all that does is sever the lake. Yeah. Yeah. But the link to, to the person, because like, well, that's the tricky I, part about that. I was just trying to think because we're about to go fight Ariandel, right? So know? this is it's it's Lothric the castle versus Lothric yeah, the, the, I mean, the boy. I guess this yeah. one is much more literal than like Ariamis. It's like who's he? Mm-hmm. Don't know. He's not around. Yeah, uh, like this dude is here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and she also has another um, kind of urging: Thou art the Lord of Londor, and have thine own subjects to guide. So. Again, go back and do your fucking job if you sure. happen to if you happen to have taken upon that mantle. The um when you head down here, there's a weird game thing that we haven't seen before where there's a summon sign um that is for for Gale. Uh you can summon him, but uh, you don't have to be embered, and it says he will arrive at a later point. Right. Which is a spoiler that this is going to be a multi phase boss fight. Mm, um, right. You know, I think I it, does that like in the always t- happen? Yeah, the text always happens, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, never it, happened it, before in the series that it's been like, this will come later. <laughs> okay, uh, maybe what happened is maybe that only happens the first time you go into the boss fight, because I'm almost certain, like, I remember summoning him and I'm sure he would just show up as a guy. Does that no, always happen? The, uh, there's the painting exile who you can summon, who's a, who's a different person. You can bring a summon into the first portion of the fight. Is he but the guy Gale. that uses the destructo disc? Because like I thought it was Gale this whole time. Maybe I'm hmm. just wrong. No, Gale's the uh, the the inward looking motherfucker. Yeah, but does he he uses the miracle? I don't I don't think so. I yeah I don't remember how Gale fights exactly. I mean um, one of them does uh, poorly, like most summons, frankly. But you know <laughs> enough well, to distract and it, and it, one of them. <laughs> does like no damage. Um, yeah. So yeah, just distracts. Uh, you you head into this room. This room is great. Yeah. Um, is, is, is awesome. Like, this is one of the coolest things that like has happened in this game is approaching this character. Oh, it's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. This is like <laughs> such dense foreboding. Like, and we saw like, him in the trailer. Yeah. So we knew this, we, we thought he was a giant Corvian, yeah. you know, is kind of what it seemed like. Uh, that's what we all referred to him as. Um, he's sitting in front of a Lord vessel and he has really cool dialogue here that will either be here at the beginning of the episode. I know it's a theme, but I haven't decided what I want to use. <laughs> um, but, uh, He's talking about uh, shedding his own blood um, and he there's not being enough of it to kind of uh, put out this flame or to feed the uh, flame. Really? Is, well, is, is I, the sense that I got. I, I thought when he says, when he talks about, you know, I have not this, uh, I see this flame flickering. Uh, there's not enough bloodshed. Mm. Uh, that makes me think that he's keeping, cause he doesn't want to show, they don't want to show her flame. 
Yeah. These guys are in the anti-flame camp. Yeah. So I had the sense that he was, is the flame wants to happen is the natural order of the world that this painting will get destroyed. Um, and he is, he is extinguishing it. Yeah. So, so I, I totally thought that he, like he wanted the flame and that's why she, why, why Frida locked him down here was to, was to keep it sealed away. So like, you know, I, I can't stop this from happening, but I can do my, I can do the very best that I can to kind of keep everything away from, you know, from the person who cannot see flame. So that doesn't, to me, that doesn't jibe with their relationship. Like they are very on each other's side about this shit. Mm. Like he is very upset that she dies and he summons her. He's like, here, bring me my whip. Mm. You know, like he kind of calls on her in a familiarity that makes me think that she is not, uh, does not have him disadvantaged yeah. in any way. Yeah, I, just... I I took it as sort of like she had sort of like a, a Svengali sway over him. Uh, and it seemed like he was pretty much broken to me. And I thought she was the cause of that. Yeah. Or at least that she had like converted him into this baby person. You know, she's like rape. basically. Yeah. Basically yeah. under uh, undermined all of his power. And like he's I, so this sort of like self-flagellation thing he's about, like you think that was a pre-existing condition. <laughs> no, I thought this that was sort of kind of something imposed by her, yeah. like that there's some sort of like this unnatural urge for the flame yeah. down that, that sort of line. Yeah, no. it's um, it, like so. so I, I just I, if that's the case, I don't understand why he is why he is tied up in the basement um uh quite obviously you know a mutated burn victim and kind of like you know sealed to this to this thing that um you know produces flame well he would be i mean keeping it away for like it, it's not like a pre-existing condition he could just be on the same side of wanting to maintain the thing hmm. or not yeah, not set things to flame. I, I like i, I think... just took it as him basically or her basically um like tricking uh, him giving, or yeah, yeah giving yeah. this kind of like Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. That's where sure. he's like, yeah, you know, this is for the best. Like I'm this monster person and I need mm -hmm. to be like if, stopped if, and this is all if bad. That's the yeah. case, then like, if that's the case, then when what Cole's saying is that he wants to feed the flame, then he wouldn't have the Stockholm syndrome. He would like, if he, if he has that, if he's been Svengali or he wants to, uh, you know, if he's with her, regardless in goals, he would not want the flame. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I guess that's why the blood doesn't hit blood feeding the flame. Doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know mm. why he would want to feed the flame regardless and yeah. also be like, come here, give me my whip, you know, like you're, <laughs> well, you're my buddy. And then get so pissed that she dies. Yeah. Not to, uh, I mean, I took it as someone who is like tremendously confused and kind of not to use this lightly. I mean, I do have some experience with this, but it, you know, it kind of came off to me as like dementia, um, that he like doesn't really know where he is like yeah. he can't quite connect his thoughts and then she comes in to be this kind of like soothing presence that is also subtly undermining him of like now now like everything's fine yeah. calm down like we don't need to have a tantrum right now you don't need your flail i'm gonna take care of this that's closer to what i what, what i had in mind i think that the, the like the core of this confusion on on our parts is whether or not the flame is flickering to life or the flame is about to flicker out yeah i honestly couldn't say like even i'm rereading the dialogue uh in the notes now just to like try and figure it out for myself and it's it's kind of um it's vague like that yeah yeah yeah, I don't know. I, I always just had her. Like, I, I think that there's a good chance that she has convinced him or manipulated him mm -hmm. into being against this thing. Yeah. 
Uh, and the no, flame flickering he, he, is probably. I think he is and he isn't is sort of my point of that. He's like sort of, you know, lost in his own head. Yeah, sure. I mean, but at that point, like there's no there's no speculation because if he's if he's not uh, like a rational actor in this, then there's not, you know, there's not really a lot of point of he doesn't have a, a meaningful viewpoint in it. You know, right. he, he no, doesn't really course. have yeah, a perspective if he's yeah. if he's all perspectives are and none. You know, yeah, yeah like just, you're definitely not going to be his bro. Like you're, there isn't like a dialogue option. Yeah, that's gonna yeah snap him out of it. You you can't pass a persuasion check. Yeah, everything that I'm that, that I'm saying is just gonna, is kind of informed by his status as a basement stooge. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Like I I just I like I I could see it. I just think that like, I mean I guess like so the it flickering makes me think it is coming back to life because it's by your presence, right? Mm-hmm. Like you arriving, you're bringing flame to the thing. You are ashen. That makes me think that the flame is coming back. Hmm. Uh, and then it doesn't, when you see that bowl, he's got the Lord vessel in front of him. It's not like over when you, when you're approaching him, you don't see fire. Once you are both there and you kill Frida, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes a lava nightmare. Like then, then you've shown flame. Hmm. Like that is you showing flame. So it seems like something that like, I don't know. It just seems like something that they, they have worked against. Hmm. So it's kind of weird. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not a, uh, you know, right in. What do you, what do you guys think that is? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's really a substantive difference though. I mean, my, I think a lot of the reason I'm bringing that to you is because, you know, he's called King. Uh, he's, but he's, he's clearly not in a very powerful position. He's sort of yeah. this like very meek, like sort of moaning old guy, even though he's huge. Yeah. Uh, so there's like, you know, He's a, he's got an ice king body is, is what he's got. He's uh he, he looks huge because of his hair, but like his, everything about him is real spindly. Um, and his face is what I might have called him burn victim. I don't use that lightly, but like, it's very like, you know, kind of like burned and then healed over in a, in kind of a bad way. It's very smooth in a, in an unsettling kind of mask like way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a, he's not a king. He's father. And right. he's, you know, so he's not, he's not presented as a, a position of power. He's the person who created oh, the, that's the world. Mistake. Okay. Yeah. So he's, right. he's, he's the person who made this. So this is Ariandel, um, father Ariandel who made this world, who painted it over, uh, the painted world of Ariamis, uh, and stuff. Um, so regardless of, you know, the reasoning behind it, um, when he shows up, he calls for Friday. Uh, Friday says, fear not father. We have no need of the, your flail. Uh, it is only the flame quivering at misguided ash. Uh, please avert thine eyes. I will snuff out these ashes for good. Uh, which is, you know, part of why I thought it was putting it out mm-hmm. here. Um, but this is introducing the boss fight of, uh, boy, what even to call it? Because it's a bunch of different things. <laughs> yep. But uh, Sister Sister Friday. Yeah, um, like Priscilla 2.0, Priscilla slash Priscilla Lady Maria. Maria. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just like Priscilla's a great boss fight, uh, just like really dense uh, aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And so I am like both I'm simultaneously pleased and displeased 
to see it, a lot of it so directly rehashed in this opening thing where it's like, yep, she turns invisible. Like, yep, she has a scythe. It's like, it's not like I felt like those concepts were worn out. Right. It's just like, I feel like with everything Dark Souls 3, it's just like rubbing me in the same spot on my arm every time it does it. Sure. I'm like, man, stop it. Like, <laughs> pick another spot. Uh, <laughs> Which is like, I mean, like, uh, I'll, I'll bring it up again, like those knights, the guys with the axes, like she's got this sweet dust off move with her scythe where like she sticks it on the ground and then you're like, now is the time to dodge. And then she's like, whack, and like, you know, pulls it up and hits you. And like, I really like some of the stuff when she, with the invisible, even though I don't think it works nearly as well as the Priscilla, yeah. like trying to track Priscilla when she's invisible. I found it almost impossible to track Frida in the same way and I think I mean there's almost no snow on the ground so like her right. footprints still show up but only in specific areas of yeah. the room and like but I did like the sort of blurt like the explosive blurt <laughs> of tension that happens when she kind of decloaks yeah. too close to you or when you're in the in middle of the ima ima uh, animation or something and you're just like oh I'm screwed and yeah like, so I did enjoy that part she, she's more aggressive when she's when she's cloaked and that's something i like about both the first and third phases of the fight it's like well it's it's not so much about keeping track of where she is at it's knowing when you know sensing when she's near like i felt the like the, the hairs on my neck stand up yeah you know like so like okay i've got to dodge now and it's almost you know i'm sure there are some like visual cues that are you know that i was acting on uh, you know subliminally but um it's uh it definitely felt like a lot of intuition like, I really dig that aspect of it. And, like, this is one of the few times when a callback is is kind of justified because what we know about Frida is that she is taking on the mantle and kind of being this, the you know, the, this fraud ruler, you know, by being a foe uh, Priscilla and Velka at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hate the invisibility attack here. Oh. Like, I think, it, I think it's shitty and cheap. Because um, there's not... Uh, so it might be a speaker thing. Um, so I've, I've read, you know, I've tried to read online, like where people are figuring out where she's coming and which way to dodge. Um, a big part of it is sur like surround sound speakers. Like there's an audio cue. Hmm. That's part of it, which I don't have. Um, yeah, there's either. also, uh, she can walk through, like she, there's a kind of some clutter on the corner of the room. I've heard that brought up as a defense hmm. that she could go through. Yeah, that. It's like there's, the witches and bloodborne. Like when they start knocking yeah. over barrels, hmm. there's not nearly enough clutter. Uh, for that to work so it just felt when i could dodge us and when i couldn't felt arbitrary mm. to me like sometimes like i would catch it but enough times it happened where it just i had no idea it was coming you know they either the sound cue was not uh either not obvious enough or maybe there isn't a sound yeah. cue to it um the visual cue which is like a little shimmering of her decloaking like the frames that you have to roll once you see that if you're using purely visual is very difficult yeah um and and i, and I have surround so that might be the that missing, might be it. the missing thing and that oh, should maybe, be yeah. you know yeah, a major for me i just spammed i like got a little spammier with the dodge and took that's my all i did when it's just i roll, yeah <laughs> it, you, I you just to. roll around like crazy and it, it sucks because like the priscilla fight that's such a neat thing like i love that because that fight's not super hard it's not amazing as a fight but it has this such a cool gimmick to it you know and it would have been if they're going to rip it off just rip it off and have footprints you know, like that would have been that wouldn't have been lesser than, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have got hit less. So like you could make the argument that it'd be less challenging uh, then. But it just it just felt cheap. Like luckily it doesn't do like devastating damage to get hit by it. Like it's yeah. the first phase uh, in, of this, in fight. this phase. It does. not Yes. 
this, this the first phase of this fight is reasonable. Uh, the second fight, I'll even this phase is even I'll even say is reasonable. Like, so this is it's like I kept getting hit, and it was the only part of it I thought was unfair. Like, I thought this fight is pretty good. It is too similar to Maria. Like, it is too similar to something I've seen before. Yeah. To be like novel and good, but it's other than when she turned invisible, I thought it was a good fight. It is like um, suspiciously too easy though. Like, or like <laughs> she doesn't have enough health. It's one of those fights, and it's Dark Souls three, so you already know. Like, <laughs> but do you know the 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 double twist? Like, yeah. Well, that we'll, we'll we'll get to double twist. So first twist is is fine though. So we take her out, and it's it is suspiciously too easy. It's too much, just like a duel. I expected something to happen because obviously. It's it's Chekhov's Father Ariandel. Like you can't show a Father Ariandel in Act One and not have him fire uh, in Act Three. Um, so after she dies, uh, her blood leans to him, and he notices. And it's some of the best like voice acting. Yeah. Uh, these like screams of like inarticulate rage that he has mm-hmm. um, are amazing. Like he just sounds like uh, like a wounded animal. It is primal. You know, yeah. it's like Italian funeral. Um, <laughs> and like she's <laughs> Jesus. Well, like in like mob movies and stuff. Yeah, where they no, show I get it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you just caught me off guard with that. Um, <laughs> it's really amazing. And then we get the second phase of this, which like the first two phases of this, I think, are almost good. Like the first mm-hmm. phase, I, I don't like the invisibility, but it's fine. This phase, uh, so he comes in and we're fighting both of them. He brings her back to life. And he is kind of like a, uh, so he starts slamming around his Lord Vessel full of fire. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more of a area denial thing. Yeah. This was something where the thing that sucked and this hasn't happened for everyone. So like this may not apply to you. Something that would happen to me is that their sprites or their like models would overlap. So like she would get kind of lost in his cloak or he would hunker down and start slamming down and she'd be behind him. Oh, no. And that happened twice when she healed him. And that drove me up the fucking wall. And like I, I don't get like mad about hitbox stuff, but like that was driving me crazy. And I was like, this is almost cool. Like, this is actually a kind of a good expression of like, they share the same health bar, which I like. Um, you, you just have to drain it, which however you do it, um, dig it, uh, you know, but <laughs> I, I just had that, that technical problem that just like ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, the, so the, this fight is very much about kind of managing that and kind of, you know, there's so much going on. Uh, around this like and his movement is so dramatic that like it seems like it is it, you know distracting you from the far deadlier um you know the far deadlier threat which is her you know revived and you know brought back to life and kind of more able to deal with you in a single combo than than than, than he is and so anything that gets in the way of properly managing that especially because it's technical i could see that being a huge deal i didn't run into that i just got overwhelmed like this is a very overwhelming section of the fight yeah, yeah. It's, it it's, felt like it felt like a fight I could learn if I like really dedicated an evening to it or something. But both times I did it, I we just sort of did the end run of either like I co-opted with my wife, and then when I did it on my lonesome, I brought in a summon, and my goal was sort of like we started calling Father Ariando the weird dad, and I was like, <laughs> I'll just I'm gonna bleed that weird dad. Because he's vulnerable to bleed, so I just got up <laughs> on his butt, Ding and that's why I noticed that he's tied to his butt. So, like, um, yeah, I'd wait for, you know, I'd like, let the other person distract Frida and just dodge around, and I will just bleed that weird dad. Uh, yes. And like, yeah. so, like, I felt like 
well, this isn't something where I feel I'm gonna like really learn the intricacies of Ornstein and Smoke. Like, no, you guys gave me the summon. I'm gonna use Krillin. Like, mm -hmm. he can take sure. the hits and he'll die in phase three, but that's fine. Yeah, th this is where Gale pops up. If we didn't uh, didn't make that clear, like, yeah, this is where he shows up. Um, it's presentation not quite wise, like Sif during the Manus fight. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's oh, that guy. Oh, you mean I, I get to fight with one Gale? Second. <laughs> yeah. You mean Gale's here? Whenever Gale's not on the screen, everyone should be asking, "Where's Gale?" The um, <laughs> the one thing I, I will say is presentation wise, uh, I think this is incredible. Oh, for yeah, um, I think this I, is I one of the more his attacks. I love how he yeah. moves around. He's so ragey. Yeah, he's great. Like he's just and, a giant fussy baby. <laughs> and yeah, he's a giant fussy baby, um, metal as hell, and in not in the Nameless King van way, in like the weird way. Yeah, like the, well, this he's, is, he's, he's still tied to his chair as he's attacking you. That's so good. Like <laughs> yeah, that is that, that is uh, that's incredible as an aesthetic. And like, if he didn't overlap with Fride, and if the thing that wasn't going to happen didn't happen, mm -hmm. I would really like this boss fight. Yeah. On the whole, it had the invisibility thing. I don't like. But like, let's say I had surround sound and that just wasn't a problem for me. Right. If that is indeed the thing. And uh, and this I didn't have that technical issue. I would be like, this is a really good boss fight like this. Yeah. You know, maybe doesn't justify the entire DLC. This would be very good. Yeah. Um, um, also, it does the uh, the the dancer trick of lighting the arena on fire. Like, yeah, well, that when, happens in a cutscene. Yeah, it does. Like, it but happens like, when he brings her back to life, but, but it's awesome. Yeah, but it, like, it is a total visual shift from this dank, dark place. Like the the flame has changed this world. You know, yeah. like we like we we see that in the fight, and you barely get a chance to notice it outside of that cutscene. But like, it is a marked difference in the aesthetic. It's, it's very very rad. The um, you know, so and then the, again, like this part of the fight is good. Like a little pro tip uh, for it would be to. Uh, fighting your know, weird dad is easier than fighting her right at this point. Like only interrupt her when she's healing, but concentrate on the gigantic, uh, semi-tangible hitbox of weird dad. <laughs> and like, yeah, I mean, that is, yeah, I, I, I love, I love him. I don't know. Like you, you, you were talking about the metal thing. When, when you take him as a whole, he almost feels like this, like failed Nordic ideal, like he's this like hulking dude, the giant hair. I feel like there's like, you know, sort of some sort of plausibly Odin S aspect to him. And he's like got his head down in this cup uh, <laughs> that could almost be scrying. But really, mm -hmm. he's just this like shitty drunk who's like whining <laughs> about something. And it's like, dude, get over it. Like we're in Valhalla, like have a good time. But no, like you want to whip yourself. And like, I kind of like that. He's just like, he's so pathetic. But like the cool thing about Dark Souls is that like sometimes pathetic things will mess you up. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so you eventually kill him. It doesn't matter which one you kill, which suggests that the only reason why Frida came back to life is because he's like animating her, Right. you know, because if you kill him, you know, they share this life bar. They are shared. You kill her, you get a slab. Uh, it looks like it's the end of the fight. Um, <laughs> you but get rather like than, dialogue too. Like, you, you get dialogue. Uh, well, the dialogue I think is suggesting that the, uh, that the fight isn't over. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, when the ashes are two, the flame alighteth. Uh, and then we get phase three, uh, the first fa three phase boss fight in dark souls. How um, to cap off dark souls three, which had way too many two phase boss fights, but by yeah. having a three phase boss fight. and dark souls four will have four, four phase boss fights. Why, yeah, the number just, of phases has to match the, the sequel. Yeah, the, <laughs> um, the whole game is just one boss fight. <laughs> the the amazing thing to me about this, so this is uh, disliking the boss fight is the minority opinion. 
Like most people like this boss fight a lot. And the thing that gets them, like, this is the thing they like about it. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the audacity of it, like the part where it's like, Oh fuck you, dark souls. Like that part, <laughs> the thing that people get that they kind of like, that, you know, like, that, that, that that's fine. I yeah, said mimic in, in Lothric wall. I, I, I said, fuck you. Um, but yeah. then I had to go through the first two phases exactly. you know, X number of times. Um, exactly. Like that's the thing. So that thing, that audacity, like I appreciate it. People love it. Like people are just like, this is fucking incredible. I can't believe they did that. This is the most, as if it were a creative, interesting decision <laughs> to just like ramp up and say like, what, a, you know, it might be tougher than two bosses. Three. <laughs> like it's the most obvious possible thing to do to ramp up the difficulty. Uh, and people are treating it and reacting to it as if it is like this creative masterwork and it's driving me up the fucking wall, <laughs> especially since the last boss is just Maria again. Like it is a warmed over worse version of one of the best fights in the, in the game, except the only difference is you fight two lesser fights before it. Right. You know, it's not like an original thing. It's, it's very much Maria. Like a lot of the moveset is straight out of the Maria's book. Yeah. I love that fight. It doesn't mean that I just want to see it again at the end of the other boss fights I did. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point we're just reaping what we've sown. Like people are so gaga over Artorias um, and Maria. It's like, well, why not just all dual battles now? <laughs> like I do feel like maybe it is like a, a situation of them drinking the Kool-Aid a little and just being like, well, like what's better than one dual battle? <laughs> just yeah. like, Everything it's all the, it's this always and like extra life bars yeah. and like that's the thing it's like don't make me like redo this test like <laughs> it's the same thing with that other boss it's like I can already beat this loser like but I yeah. keep having to come back and it's like it, just... it's, it creates this outsized pain that sours my impression of like something that I otherwise enjoyed or that like I enjoyed in the moment while I was frustrated with it. But now like I can only sort of the, the negative peaks are so much higher that that's all I can remember. Well, well, the solution to the problem is just to beat it the first time because we will demand perfection um, in this game that is ostensibly about getting better through iteration. Like through learning. Yeah. You know, I I think that the difference for people is that, uh, and when I've talked to people when, and this happened in the nameless King thing and people got cranky, about that episode a little bit or when they talk about this is like for me for them they're saying uh for me it was very thrilling to figure out how to manage the first two phases without using any estes yeah i don't Um, i don't like losing a three-phase fight in the first phase (laughs) no or or in the third phase and having to do it again like i've I've talked about it before but like things that are not interesting to me as ways to improve difficulty uh sustained perfection yeah is not one like being able like you have to actually, it's not just enough to like make it my favorite dark souls moments are like doing it by the skin of my teeth, you know, like those are, those are really fantastic. That kind of like, you need to play perfectly the entire time for a really extended long amount of time is boring to me. Like, yes, yeah, I could it's, spend it's all night figuring much. it out. Like it's, it's either it's, have like the razor thin margins or duration, but like combining the two is just like, I, I, I feel like, Look, I don't want to cast aspersions. I don't want to ascribe intent to them. But like, this is not a very long piece of DLC compared to other things that have come out. Sure. And it's like, what are the point is like, well, we're going to make them work for this. So they don't finish it in two hours. <laughs> that's I mean, that's what it has that NES. Like it's the difficulty the difference between like NES difficulty and Dark Souls difficulty. Like people will be like, oh, uh, Dark Souls is NES hard. Like, no, games were super hard back then, partly so you couldn't rent them and beat them in a weekend. Yeah. Like it was more of an investment. They're, those games have always been very different in the way they treat difficulty. And this feels like 
old style, like we want to make sure you don't beat this on a rental difficulty. Yeah, yeah um, I feel like in my experience as like being a Dark Souls evangelist, I you often feel like you have to like mend tears that other people have made in a stranger's perception of Dark Souls. Being like, oh, that's a super hard game that hates you. And I'm like, well, it's not quite that. Like, there's an aspect of that, but, like, it's not this, like, super mean, sadistic game. Like, it actually is very happy when you win. It is, like, proud of you. It is, like, makes you prouder than you remember your dad being proud of you when that, like, <laughs> prey defeated or whatever scrolls on the screen and there's this explosion of souls and you get, like, three items scrolling up the screen. Like, it, Dark Souls in general, I think, is pretty happy when you succeed. Like, it wants you to. So like this is one of the rare instances where I just feel like, no, this is like the the skewed perception that people have of this series is yeah. this like it's just kind of being a dick. Yeah, you can do better. <laughs> and it's just like it's like pulling the rug out from under you twice. You're like, surely there cannot be any more after this second phase. Yeah, and and I'm I'm you know, I'm curbing this from a response that we got, and you know I, I felt the same way too. Like if they switch this around where it was just like Maria and you fought Frida and then she kindled up or, you know, embered up and she was, you know, black flame Frida. And then after that, that was when Ariandel came out and there was a checkpoint. It would have been fine. Like the presence yeah. of the checkpoint there is, is okay. I don't understand why there's this thing in the middle that separates the two of them. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the checkpoint, the checkpoints, what does it for me? The other thing that's the difference between this and the first phase is that this, the stakes are so high, yep. like black, black flame and Frida. So we haven't really described her that much. Um, she, she gains this black flame, which is a, an abyss touched version of, of the flame. Um, and she has very similar moveset to the beginning, except so much more aggressive and all of her attacks do 60 to 70% of your health. Or every combo or any, like, if she gets you in a grab or something. Yeah. And uh, there's one move where her scythe will just flash blue, and then she will do a, uh, I, I didn't count the hits combo, but it will one-shot you. Like, yeah. it's it's basically a grab move that'll happen. Uh, comes out of basically nowhere. Um, and this is on top of even just her Maria-esque um, AoE kind of things um, that kind of send out these trails of frost to uh, to, to, to attack and kill you. Yeah, it's just like coming off the Maria fight, I feel like I hate that the most efficient way to handle this phase three thing is just to dogpile her. Like get her in a corner with your summons and just beat her up like Sunlocker because she can well, just be getting Sunlocked. It, getting getting through this without summons or with summons was not that tricky for me. Like I, you know, like when people say like, oh, Dark Souls needs an, an easy mode, like summoning is easy mode. Like if you yeah. know, the AI is not great at managing multiple opponents the trick with this or the issue with this is so i ended up summoning for this i hate that because i try to at least solo each boss to like get the you know i want a game where every boss can be soloed and is designed to be soloed you know and this other thing is an option you know as opposed to something that like makes it feel balanced and the nameless king which i beat by myself but regretted doing it uh you know and and multi on successive times beat with somebody this one i was like you know what i could train up I could just do this uh, to do this by myself and take another shot at it because there are no aesthetics. I would have to train up another character and bring them through this whole DLC and probably level them up to make this reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to get help. And I tried so hard. Like I beat my head against it, trying to do it on my own so long. Uh, so like once I eventually brought somebody in, like you do dog piler 
the AI can't handle it. Like you can, you have places to heal. As long as you can protect your partner, you're okay. Um, give them a chance to heal. But solo, it is just a grueling nightmare. Yep. <laughs> like it, it, it is with people fine, you know, and you can make the argument like, Oh, this is the end of the thing. It's meant to be played with people, you know? Okay. Like, I mean, I, I guess that's fair, but I don't, I don't want there to be areas that have to, in order to feel good or be balanced, have to have summons. Yeah, this is my, uh, I'm this, I'm like you, like it's, it's not, it's not exactly a, or, uh, you know, I, I, I don't come, come at it from a point of pride, but it's like, you know, this is kind of how I want to experience the game. This is what it's feels not pride. Right I to just want to know it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. I want to, I, yeah. And, and from the end of Dark Souls 3, I feel like I kind of just implicitly learned my lesson. I was like, beat the princes by myself and like all the other dumb two-phase bosses at the end of that game. And like really fail, felt like I gained nothing from it, like from that sort of aggravation. Uh, and so I like gave it a couple goes solo after playing co-op uh, through my wife's game. And I was just like, nah like i'm not feeling this and i like brought in the npc and the npc did fine for me at some point like life is life is too short you know and it becomes it like fighting this boss or fighting nameless king with people can feel empowering like it's kind of fun to bring three people in and stomp nameless king you know or bring two people in and sure. stomp nameless king it's kind of fun but it's not why i play these games like it's not you know the kind of thrilling the actual thrill of the like the skill portion of this game like i don't i don't go in for get goodism you know, but the part of it that's like, oh, this is an expression of skill is not really tested in that that scenario. And that kind of bums me out. Um, yeah, it's like, I don't know, like we stream Souls games pretty commonly. And like, you know, often you'll have like somebody be like, do you have a free slot? And like I learned very quickly to be like, no, if this is sort of the early goings, the first couple times I've experienced an area like because it's just like you you stack those other people in and it becomes nothing and you like gain nothing from the game. Uh, and so I, I really have an aversion to summoning because of that. But like the flip side of that is this just like constant refrain of like, why aren't I enjoying this more? Like, mm. and a lot of it is tied up in this like, well, cause I feel like they're kind of being pricks. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, sorry, cool. I feel like I maybe cut you off like a thousand years ago. No, During no. I yeah, I, I, I even forget what I was saying. I don't think we're disagreeing about this. It's just yeah, not, not what I want. Yeah, you know, real, real bummer to me. And like, w again, wouldn't have redeemed the DLC for me. I have too many problems with the stuff leading up to this to make this like good for me. But I would have liked a really good boss at the end of it, given that I love Artorias, Maria, Suralon, Ivory King, like every other boss other than maybe Alana that they've done at the end of these have been like yeah. real high points of the series for me and this is just you know nameless king 2.0 but more so yeah I, I think trying to ascribe the sort of lady maria or aspect to this fight in a game where you heal much faster uh mm -hmm. just does not work for me like too many dark souls 3 bosses have like ultra effective gap closers that there should just be more room to heal and i get that like the balancing aspect of that can be a little touchy because if you feel like you can just infinitely heal, then that is also not a very fun boss fight. But like when you're healing after every hit and every right. heal feels like it can just be punished. Well, like, that's because, you know, they're, they're bloodborne bosses. Like bloodborne is built for that because you have 20 blood vials and you heal really quickly. 
Yeah. This, yeah. you know, you have at most 13. If you're a caster, you're super fucked because you have to split your your flasks and you heal much slower. So it, it is it is like a bloodborne fight with a soul's moveset. And like it just doesn't work for me. And like there are people so I like I get I think that like somebody took me to task about the last episode of saying like, oh, you know, th- they're confusing relief with appreciation. So, yeah, you know, that's probably shitty of me. I take that back a little bit. You know, that's if you if you like the Nameless King and you're like, man, this is super tense. The fact that this lasts forever and there's two phases, um, you know, and that sounded like I was being flippant. But I mean, like, th- I love that this lasts for a long time as two phases. If that's you, that's great. It's just so not for me. And what you're hearing is the pain of my favorite series leaving me behind. Yeah. You know, hmm. like, like no longer being made to the things that I like about the series, you know, and that's like a big, that's a encapsulates dark souls three, like the season for me, like if you're frustrated mm-hmm. about how down we've been on it, yeah. it is the series focusing on like, this is our favorite video game series and P- they're focusing on mm-hmm. this other thing. And like, maybe you like it. That's great. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I, there's a feeling of being left behind. Yeah. It's really strong. Us and our approach is no longer relevant. <laughs> yeah. You know, what a bummer. Um, yeah. So it, I, 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 I hate this boss fight so much. Um, presentation wise, a plus, uh, first two phases, like B, the whole thing, like C minus D, you know, yeah. it's just like the, okay. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel weird talking so negatively about it. It's just like this double think in my head of like, yeah, but it's about a million times better than any Lords of the Fallen boss I can think of. Well, we Not don't bring up I... the Lord's word around here anymore. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry, just I didn't I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I, no, it, it is like it is a thousand times better than than that game, which like, you know, I weakly defended, but is that game is way worse than Dark Souls three. Yeah, like that's a you know pretty bad game. Uh, so it is like as a whole, it is a better it is a good game on average, but I don't. You know, judging it on that curve, I don't think is a bad thing. Like when it's the yeah. standard of quality has been this high, like it, it's un, not unreasonable for us to expect the game to carry, you know, to not dip the, quite this much, yeah. you know? And I feel mm-hmm. like this is like, like at least at the very least with Ashes of Ariandel is just like for Souls content is really on the low side of things. Like it's not quite demons, demon ruins and Dark Souls three bad. I don't think, um, but it's really low to me. I don't know. And some of that's expectations. I can't, you know, I, I can't separate all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, I can try to separate some of it, but there's no such thing as objectivity in, uh, in video game, you know, in reviewing things or in criticism, like objectivity is fake. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Anywho, uh, cool stuff happens after, do we have anything else left? We want to say on the actual boss fight? No, I don't. I feel like I said too much. If anything, <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, so afterwards we get some kind of cool, again, these kind of tantalizing lore things that if you're not going to answer questions from the main game, these things are interesting yeah. for DLC too, I think. Yes. So we get the soul of sister Frida again, confirming this idea. You know, she was the first ash to enter the painting. There needs to be two ash in here in order to create the flame. Um, and, uh, you know, together with a good father, they chose rot over fire. Doesn't that feel real quick? And, and, and I'm. Like, even I'm getting sick of how negative I'm being, but, like, doesn't the fact that there have to be two ashes there feel like a weird arbitrary rule? I don't know. <laughs> like, I wonder, I wonder, like, why is that? Yeah, like, what is, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's just kind of presented in item descriptions, but there's nothing. Rules are different in paintings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just kind of weird. Yeah. But anywho, so that's that's where we get some of the background that we've already said. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we can use that to make her scythe, uh, which uh, talks about, um, you know, her uh, kind of the, adopting this scythe as a symbol of a lo- of a long lost home. Um, again, mm-hmm. there's there, there's another another one here. No, it's her um, it's her set. It's her, it's her armor, which you can get, which talks about her assuming the precise form that the uh, that the inhabitants of the world yearn for. Again, possibly the Svelka connection or Priscilla connection. Um, mm-hmm. either of which would be satisfying. Yeah. Um, we also can make, and that, that weapon is cool. It summons a second little ghost scythe. Yeah. So it, it's, it's what she, bad. it's what she gets in her second, second form where she starts dual wielding. Yeah. It's neat. Yeah. Um, you can also make the Rose of Ariandel, which is the, uh, the cat of nine tails, uh, kind of flail that the, the father Ariandel used to flagellate himself. Yeah. Um, so that's where we learned that he reto- restored the painted world, uh, and it was painted with blood <laughs> because only blood could protect the secret. <laughs> I don't know what the secret that is. Um, the uh, the most interesting thing that happens afterwards, well, actually, the most interesting thing that happens, and it's it's not here in the notes, is that right behind at the end of this arena is a weird, like clockwork constructed naga. Oh yeah, like, that that is weird. <laughs> like I I do not know what that is because it's positioned as if you're going to kneel in front of it and it's going to take you to another boss or like do something. No, like I was like, oh, this is right in front of me. What do yeah. I do? <laughs> I mean, I do wonder a, if there were one DLC at some point and that's like the getting you to the next area and the then they part. split it up for time concerns. That statue is cool. Like It's really cool. cool <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I didn't take uh, a note of it because it didn't seem to do anything. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't it, do anything, but it's positioned in like a place of prominence. Like it, yeah. it feels important in a way that n- nobody can really tell. Nobody knows what it is. Like I haven't read a convincing discussion as to what it could be yeah well what's good something that's cool about it is that it's like a big old faker <laughs> like if you you look at it and it looks like this snake but if you kind of zoom in with the binoculars there's like a person underneath or at least like a humanoid i guess i don't know if it's like a yeah. like a body uh but it looks like somebody's wearing a snake costume basically um and that's like pretty cool and plays into the more the imagined space I want out of games. I think that's what Dark Souls does really well a lot of the times is like, mm-hmm. look, man, you're going <laughs> to you're not going to be able to write a masterpiece. So just leave enough gaps to let people create their own masterpieces because they're going to like their imagination like way more than whatever you could concretely put down. I think Dark Souls often knows the exact meter of that. Like it knows just how to string you out just far enough. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, snakes, serpents, um, Kath and Frampt, um, confirmed second DLC, embers of the uh, Ariandel. Yeah. Hey, there we go. <laughs> uh, like uh, that was not a late breaking announcement. No. Because no. we're recording this during the Game Awards. <laughs> the, <laughs> oh, I guess like, we are. The <laughs> Game Awards. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um. It is uh, so. It is like something like a fake serpent, which has emotional resonance. I think is you know part of what uh, Dave was saying, like this kind of emotional truth as opposed to a literal truth. Um, it also you know something dressing up as a snake person is very similar to uh, a little bit what you could say Frida was doing, uh, yeah. who changes into Elfrida, which we I don't know if we mentioned, yeah. um, or was Elfrida and became Frida, yeah. um, uh, changing into kind of a fake snake, you know, being a fake. Uh, Priscilla, fake reptile lady. It's just very interesting to see something that's kind of clockworky. Like, there's no clockwork, but something that's like a mannequin. Yeah, yeah. Here, you know, there's there's clockwork. Oh, is that what it is? 
Yeah, it's it's not clockwork. It's like a mannequin. There's like a wooden. Uh, you can kind of see on the inside. There's cloth. Um, that's on oh. the outside. The scales are actually cloth, and uh, the oh. inside is wood. Like there's a wood skeleton in it. Um, huh. Really, really tricky and weird. Um, oh, I there's also just, like I, I just the door has. The... Some, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say the door actually does have two serpents intertwined mm. as well. The door to this area. So. Nice. I was, I, I, sorry, I just I just uh, crammed into that sentence because I was I looked up uh, Frida. It has an old uh, high Germanic root uh, in uh, Fridi, which is archaic um, and and poetic, but uh, to be cold or low in temperature. So, well, there's also um, Elfride means uh, elf strength, hmm. and then Fride comes from my root for peace. Oh, uh, so that's uh, that's in like the, the body video about this where he talks about uh, her giving up her sable church ways to protect these people, ah. uh, you know, which is is that what she's doing to him? I don't know. <laughs> um, they, they, I mean, half of them, more than half of them want to. Their, their intestines uh, are on the outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're not doing a great job. Uh, like, if, if, if that's the person, you're, you know, can you imagine like three men and a little lady and then like the the. You know, the, the, the <laughs> yeah. child services person comes and it's like, oh, the little lady has her intestines on the yeah. outside. Like, you didn't do a great job, three dudes. Yeah, the, 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 <laughs> there, the, there, there are certain metrics, you know, child mortality, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, let, let's say literacy and percentage of population with guts yeah. on the outsides. That's what I always say. So there's also um, there's a weird mural on the wall, too, that's in that video. That's pretty interesting. It's mm. like. Two ladies, uh, one of them has a sword. There is another serpent, and there are tons of undead kind of worshiping them, which is mm. probably Londor. Yeah. Um, the dialogue that you actually get from the painting woman is very interesting uh, here. Yeah. Where uh, this is something where it has that kind of emotional truth without literal truth. Like she says this little like parable, which I really like, which is uh, those who aren't kind of fire cannot paint a world. Those who are absorbed by fire must not paint a world. Right. Um, I haven't forgotten, mother. Um, <laughs> I can still hear, hear that file, that uh, fire crackle. Soon Uncle Gale will bring me the pigment. I wonder if he's found it. The dark soul of man. Yep. What? <laughs> uh, so she can apparently paint as opposed to this world, which was painted with blood. Mm -hmm. This posits the existence of a world that is painted with the dark soul of man. Right. Um, if they don't follow up on that, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, that's, that is like, such that's, a powerful thing. Uh, like this is the only, this is the only explicit reference to the dark soul outside of Manus and the intro. And also like this, like the, the children of Manus, like the shards that we fought in uh, dark mm -hmm. souls too. Like that's a, that's a pretty big matzo ball hanging out there. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. So, and I would like it to be a thing. Yeah. So regarding the painting, being made of blood this just sort of popped into my head uh but knowing that like at the very least miyazaki is a pretty big manga fan there's like a manga called blade of the immortal do you guys know it nope. it's like mm -mm. from the 90s uh it's like sort of usual like i'm an immortal samurai and i have to protect this girl uh but at one point there is a dude who is like a painter who became sort of a mercenary uh, and killed people on the side to get enough money to get the art he appreciated because it was like Western art and uh, it was illegal at the time. Uh, and he has sort of lost his muse. And what returns it to him is he's there is a like brutal sword fight in his uh, patio where and blood gets splashed all over the painting. He's like, ah, this is the pigment I've been searching for. Hmm. So I wonder if there's like any root there. Not that it's necessarily like a completely unique idea. 
that would be solely to there, but just like knowing how many berserk yeah. references are peppered in this thing, I wouldn't be surprised if there were other sort of inklings drawn from other sources. I don't have any context from which to speculate. Yeah. Besides possibly. what you just gave. Yeah. It is a, uh, it's interesting. You know, that could, that could be, that definitely could be a, a reference there. It's um, so other than that, like there's not a lot that she says, like you just leave just by bonfire and out. Like there's no, there's no climax to it. Like you're just kind of done. There's no cinematic or anything like that. Um, you can get some, a little bit of new dialogue. If you go talk to Yuria. Yeah. Um, she, she confirms what we already know, essentially, uh, that she abandoned Londor, that she was her sister. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, this was the game where I murdered Yuria cause I wanted her sword. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a pretty good sword. Well, I mean, on realizing that, she had extra dialogue. I was a little sad about that. Also, I just sort of generally like Yuria, so yeah, I always yeah. miss her. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's more or less Ashes of Ariandel. Yeah. Um. The uh, do we have any kind of wrap up thoughts that are you know just uh we've we've put down you know more hours on this uh area of the game than any other. Right. Um. So you know, avoiding things that we've said earlier on in the game. Do we have anything that we haven't kind of covered? Do we think well, for for me, I just the pacing in this is so off and then at the end you hit this brick wall of this boss fight and then it feels like it stops with no ceremony um and i guess that's like kind of a little true of the other souls dlc i mean you beat manis and then uh dusk is in her like little grave and then that's the end and you're like oh i guess that's the end but it felt like to me, I was like, I'm just sitting in this room and that's all. Mm-hmm. And I, it, mm-hmm. it felt just off enough from the way other DLCs concluded where I was just sort of like, uh, huh. Yeah. All right. I guess, like, I guess I'm turning off the PlayStation now. <laughs> it's, um, so in terms of dark souls DLC, the only one that gave a lot of intrinsic payoff was bloodborne. You know, when you, when you defeat it. Um, you know, the, the, the final boss whose name I can't remember because we've been recording for Orphan like, of literally for, Orphan he, of cost. Yeah, Orphan yeah. of Cost. There we go. Um, you know, um, you know, Dark Souls one, you just described it, Dark Souls two, you end up, you know, you get the crowns and then you go and talk to Vendrick, and that's just about it. Um, so you know, that that's there and that exists. Well, I guess Dark Souls two would also have the uh the Dark Souls two is a mess. <laughs> um sure. yeah, uh, you know, it's like the the the, the lack of the lack of climax here um, really does what the rest of the DLC does and what Dark Souls 3 has kind of done, which is put a lot of just an awful lot of pressure on the second DLC. And all I can think is the clock is ticking and the number of opportunities they have to make this right, at least to our minds, you know, again, our irrelevant mind um, is, you know, like just, the, the opportunities are getting fewer and fewer. I just I don't know if it can if they can pull up from the dive right now you know and so there's nothing saying it can't be amazing but i don't know they 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 had they had two shots and the first one was a was a blank yeah it uh, a blank is a good way to put it like a a pleasant enough way to move across the time and move the time forward in some ways but it's it's one of these things where like it, it for me there's kind of two evaluations like i think it's just actually a game um just ashes is a little bit i I think i'm a little less charitable than it than uh than dave is where i like i feel like it's like a c plus kind of game like there's too much frustration in this to be a good game even if it does have that base souls control 
Uh, in the context of Dark Souls 3, it's like a, you know, it's like a C minus. Like this is, it's very frustrating. I get the the fact that that's some of that is expectations I brought to the table. I'm not alone in that. Like a lot of people have those expectations. It can't just be me. You know, there are people out there who think that it's just like, oh, Dark Souls 3 is totally like perfect as it is. There are no unanswered questions. The DLC is just gravy. Um, that is that is a, a user that is out there. Uh, but there are also users like myself that really wanted some closure and something to make like it, it you know, make the rest of that make sense, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of be a capper on it. And uh, it just didn't happen. And that's kind of what uh, kind of what kills me about this. You yeah. know, it's just like uh, it's the, it's the first like piece of DLC. I have like no interest in revisiting. Yeah. You know, I don't know what I would get from that. Like I don't uh, you know, I, the, the amount of effort I put into it was not commensurate with the amount of enjoyment I got out of it. Yeah. Uh, which is is that's never the case. Like that that is the uh, that's very rarely is that the equation that I come away from these things with. So anyway, you know, the 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 expectation I came at it with was just sort of what other Souls DLC had trained me to do was that this was going to pound out some of the dents, and this was the first Souls game where I felt that the dents were quite deep. So I was maybe hanging some hopes on that. And to see it just be like, nah, I mean, Dark Souls 3 was pretty much fine. And this is Dark Souls 3, but a little more one extra face uh, was kind of just like, well, it wasn't Bloodborne. <laughs> like, yeah, because so Bloodborne the just is, felt don't... like the pinnacle of just like you guys realized what was missing from this game and you put it in. Yep. Yeah. Like the, the, the Bloodborne DLC, like, I mean, and I'm the nice thing about doing a podcast about Dark Souls is that I'm on the record of everything. So if you want to hear me like wax about how good the old hunters is, like <laughs> there's a way to do it because the old hunters is great. Yeah. Like it, it fixed the things I didn't like about the lore and in, in Bloodborne in a way that like, if that, if it replaced it instead of added to it, it would make that game closer to perfect and not perfect in like a game sense, like a hundred out of a hundred a plus, but perfect in like a complete sense. Like it would be complete. Yeah. Um, it's so close to that, like significantly closer than this was where this DLC just confused things for me. Um, you know, um, but you know, it's, it's, a there's still the second DLC. I'm still looking forward to it, even though it is guardedly, you know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't necessarily feel like my hope has been punished and like, I'm going to be interested to see what they do mm-hmm. no matter what. I'm always going to be curious. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I want it to come out. I want to see what it's like. Yeah. I want to see what they do at this point, even if it is just to be kind of like <laughs> audacious, you know, like, yeah. can they, will they just do this again? Cause that's something, Yeah. you know, it, that would be something to see. Even, even with how Dark Souls 3 turned out, I, I didn't have any doubt before this and now I do, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just, uh, you know, DLC has, has, has covered for most sins before and now. I don't know. It it just it just hasn't, and that's the first time. And that is uh that 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 is a hard moment. It's like when your parents first let you down, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I mean that's that's what it feels like. So, um, Dave, what uh where can people find you? Um, right. <laughs> so the usual places. I'm fast karate. I'm pretty much everything. Twitter, Twitch, what have you. Um, uh, mostly I do a couple podcasts. You can find them all at friendsfromtheinternet.com uh, if you need a jokey 30-minute talk about video games or anime or a three-plus-hour podcast about the TV show Revenge, which me and my wife do episode <laughs> by episode. You will find it there. Um, and otherwise, like I mentioned last time, I have a book out. All the proceeds 
go to uh, the sorry, <laughs> I'm a little addled. <laughs> it's been a yeah. long podcast. Uh, the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, um, which is a charity that supports its for trans and gender nonconforming legal aid. Uh, the book is called The Dead Side Girl, deadsidegirl.com. And it is, you know, facially about werewolves and vampires, which I think are sweet, uh, but uh, primarily about being a super sad teen <laughs> and just sort of that wrenching depression that we all recognize. Um, but yeah, that's about the gist of it. You know, those are the things that's, I do. That's teens. Yep. The, um... <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I still feel like a super sad teen and hence <laughs> is the book I've written. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for this, like, this marathon session for, yeah. for lending us your time. We did not expect this to be this long. Oh, you know, uh, I was I was super happy to do it. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I hope I did not talk too long <laughs> or in too many circles. No, no, no. It, it is it is uh they're cycles. We call them yeah. cycles here. Yeah, well, um, the, <laughs> yeah. We, I, we we all do it. Like it is it is uh it is hard not to get into that kind of thing. Like we definitely did the same thing in this very episode. Yeah. Um but yeah, thank you, thank you very much, Dave. Yeah, it was awesome. I thank thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks to every all, your audience who suggested me. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate it. It's like a little, you know, it's a little ego boost mm -hmm. to have that happen, <laughs> sort of unsolicited. Yeah. Um, and I mean, anytime. This was super fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was happy to be a part of the process. So thanks very much to uh, to Dave for joining us here uh, for this uh, Herculean kind of marathon session uh, recording. Um, he is a sweet guy and he's uh, you know he's doing doing good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like uh, I like that what he's going to do with that book and I recommend everybody go check it out and check out his podcast as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, we want to keep this brief because we have been recording for a very long time. You know the usual things you can do. The uh, the Patreon um, at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Also uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. Um, uh, understand that we are going to be moving on to kind of a, a mid-season kind of thing or an interstitial season covering a bunch of uh, Souls-like games after this. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, if you can share some, you know, share us with some friends who might be interested in some of those topics, uh, that would be especially useful uh, just because of the way those uh, those off-seasons tend to work. Yeah, and there, there will be uh, directly Souls-related content in the middle of there and kind of going through. There'll be some more of those top tens, Um you know, there are a couple of ideas for specials that might end up getting slotted in there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a practical concern because we are going to be playing a lot more games yeah. than uh, than just Dark Souls for this. Um, but there's a there's a Facebook post like a couple like two weeks ago that kind of lays out what our initial plans are for it. Um, we think you'll dig it. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, I, I mentioned this last time, like I understand that this is uh, some people. It's kind of a bummer to hear us be so down on stuff. Um, it'll be a refreshing change, I think. Yeah, for all involved. Uh, yeah, a lot of these are games that I've wanted to play um, since they came out, and because I will never do anything that's not for a show, this is our chance to play them and yeah. talk about them. Yeah, and some of them are games that I uh, I know are uh, sure bets. So we're the first Souls like we're doing in there is Momodora yeah. uh, Four, which I'm really excited about because that game is a breath of fresh air. Mm. 
um, in game form. It is very good and cute. <laughs> the um, and I wanted we did it on Check It Out Camera, but I wanted to do a kind of a deep dive on it. So yeah. and this, um, this won't be the first time we've done that. We did the same with Shovel Knight. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some crossover there. Somebody uh, recommended Necropolis for uh, Check It Out Camera, but I mm. decided that we that might be a bonfire side chat thing. Oh, That's, cool. Uh, the harebrained uh, scheme guy is doing kind of a roguelike, souls like. Hmm. Um, it looks interesting. I, it's kind of got mixed reviews, but I'm curious as to whether that's because it's actually not great or if it, that's because it's misunderstood, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's uh, there's lots of stuff that, that can happen in that season. Uh, stick with us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a fun and bumpy ride. <laughs> and then uh, we will, as soon as, you know, DLC 2 gets announced, we will uh, record about it essentially as soon as we're able to play it. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um, other than that, we talked about the admin things. We really do appreciate you guys sticking with us for this extra long four hours on this uh, this DLC. And uh, until next time, uh, what should they do, Cole? <sighs> uh, show us flame. <laughs> this is a very dramatic buh, man. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Those who aren't kin to fire cannot paint a world. Those absorbed by fire must not paint a world.